Yes, everybody, please come on inside. It's warm inside the polar zone. Surprisingly, you would expect it to be polar. Ooh, chilly, chilly. It's the polar, <laughs> polar kingdom. Oh, cold. But no, it's nice and warm and comfy inside here. Um, we love to talk about movies on this podcast. We love to talk about polarizing movies in particular. These movies uh, have divisive ratings on a particular website known as Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, there's an audience side and there's a critic side. When these sides disagree, uh, one side rates it higher than the other. Then we talk about those movies. Yeah, our ears perk up. Yeah, we, we perk right up. We're, uh, the, the beacon goes off in Polarized Kingdom <laughs> yeah. uh, in the castle. <laughs> And then everyone wakes us, wakes us up, the kings of the kingdom. And, and they're like, Master, there's a, there's a polarizing movie afoot. You must talk about it immediately. And so we woke up. Here it is, 3 a.m. We just woke up. Ooh, oh, we're groggy. And um, oh, who's, who's, and I bet you're wondering who, who the other king in this kingdom might be. Um, and it would, it would not be right for me to go any further uh, without introducing the one and only, the great Brandini. Hello, Mr. Brandon. How are you today? Good sir. Good sir of uh, king, king of your kingdom. <laughs> Master Brandon. This lord of, the, of polarizing movies is doing well. Thank you, James, for that introduction. Yes. Couple of, couple of lords here talking, talking movies. Yes, we, the be, the, we do not reign over the movies. We just uh, reign over ci- civil discourse over these. Over these <laughs> yes. Seem to be inciting some sort of uh, fervor amongst the people, and we come down. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, from not, our- it's, it's not necessarily <laughs> like that. Okay, it's not like that. We're not like, oh, we're going to come down. <laughs> we just to the, the plebs, yeah, or whatever. The altitude's a little higher up here. Sorry, you know. And, uh, you know, we got to stay grounded. That's all we're trying to say is we stay grounded with these polarizing movies. Mm-hmm. You know, it can get really lonesome up in these castles that we live in. Yeah. And then we, we pick, we pick a tavern and it's a nice, warm, cozy tavern. And, and we talk about it and, and we, and we try to get to the bottom of why, uh, there's so much disagreement over a piece of art, uh, which sometimes I feel like is, is the point of it, you know, is to make people have those conversations. Um, and what's mm-hmm. just kind of backhanded about Rotten Tomatoes is like, there's a quantifiable sort of thing that is happening that's kind of nefarious in nature almost of like trying to put this numerical uh, yep. grade score on a piece of art which i don't know it's it's kind of uh dicey when you're averaging all that all that stuff out but it is very fascinating um when you it have, is when you have yeah. them. and it also encourages the discourse you know and we're trying to use it for for that for those purposes and also even discussing the the very like um structural things that that make it so for us mm-hmm. to uh to reference you know these are reference points now and it's been around long enough yeah absolutely and i mean we're also finding too about what we like in movies you know we're identifying the discrepancies between critics and audiences but overall i mean my thing that i take away every time is yeah just knowing what i pay attention to because talking about it makes me realize oh this is something that is interesting to me about this and maybe it's not top of mind going into the conversation but it sparks and i you know we go down (laughs) down tangents anybody who's listened to these episodes they're very long uh except for the last one (laughs) 
the last one yeah. i just i felt like i was in a weird spot where i like i don't like how we're just shitting on this movie and i i felt like i was like i think we should wrap this up james because it's like i don't know i don't want to yeah. this this doesn't need to be a this for sure we don't need to make a three hour long podcast about shitting on a movie so yeah but no t- I mean, that, yeah, that one t- was so caught in its time and it's it's hard to rail on something that just wouldn't be made today in a cer- certain way and it was successful at its time not. because it came out at that time and it and it hit on something that people were into and it was successful for that but uh we were looking at it through that lens and i know what you mean it's it's uh we we do find ourselves in, in agreement you and i hear a lot and that was one mm-hmm. that we were both kind of like uh not for us and also it's kind of uh a, like not scary as well which we are new newly uh we should say that yeah um enshrined people into the world of of horror the horror genre relatively new we i don't know i've had like my fair share but i didn't watch it growing up it was nothing that i was familiar with besides just pop culture wise of monster monsters that i knew like imagery um growing up and i didn't really watch any movies and we've been kind of doing like a little spooky month which we're ending today Mm-hmm. Um, on this movie, uh, sensor yes yeah, spooktober on, we're ending the movie uh, uh scary movie extravaganza that we had of this month um on well, and i yeah sensor, i would say which, uh, yeah these are kind of like subversive uh horror movies some of the some of the more subversive horror movies we've picked if we were to include she dies tomorrow if i can um start that somewhat kind of comparison like uh yeah for sure this early on because it just we've we covered that movie that came out uh that came out this year right or 2020 um the, within the past mm-hmm. but yeah past year and they were kind of yeah um both uh indie kind of horror thriller movies that move at a at a similar pace and mm. uh to cover those two movies and then we covered the witch and we did hotel transylvania which is a, a nice Fun family movie, including uh, Hocus Pocus, which also was a fun uh, family movie to some, not to uh, to uh, Mr. Brandini over here. But, uh, I turned out to be the yeah the the villain of Spooktober when I yeah just made the claim of like yeah I just I don't know it's uh, yeah I, we don't need to read no, yeah, 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 yeah I was like okay. no no I love the I know I love the yeah the overview for sure and I what I would say too is it's a uh, scary movies maybe you would people would say but these are polarizing movies yeah because I mean again like this isn't we're not really going to be doing movies that universally everybody I, I guess that's actually a bad example because a lot of people really like Hocus Pocus. Um, but no, typically we're universal is a good word. Cause it's not universal. There's it's kind of certain mm. people like it. Certain people don't with them. Totally. Right. Yeah. They're not most for the most part going to be classics to some people. They will be, but not to everybody cult classics, if you will. Right. Which is where Hocus Pocus falls into it. So the, yeah, that would be the only like thing where Hocus Pocus, I think has more of a universal appeal where most people will say, Oh, I love that movie. I watch it during Halloween, but, um, these other movies, yeah, are definitely not those. I, I'm yeah. I, I love the fact that we 
kind of started with a movie very similar to the movie we're talking about today because it feels like we did go on a journey to then kind of come back to um like a little bit of where we started mm. uh because yeah this movie is very similar uh to she dies tomorrow and then also it is kind of similar to the witch in um i would make the point of uh mood and then also the way that it's shot as well as there was like sure um, what is the okay so i it was just the craziest thing i felt like i was seriously hallucinating <laughs> because it's like all like all of a sudden there's parts of the screen start like closing in on yeah. you and things start moving in and start being like yeah you just it, it, the movie starts taking on relatively subtly i mean towards the end of it i'm like we're just looking at this little square box um but yeah like i that kind of stuff I think is in line with the witch where there are stuff that is happening with the camera that is trying to use where like not blocking, but use the frame in order to capture a sense of like, what's the feeling that's going on yeah. in the movie. And um, this movie does that like, uh, and uh, I, think we'll that, get, I think that's yeah. a great move. And I, I think to an extent it, if you, it's maybe one of those things. Once you start to pay attention to it, then you can't not look at it for. I know things like yeah. it goes for like near like more near the end of it, but that move, uh -huh. that like slow zoom is moved a lot. I feel like in in movies, especially scary movies. I I don't know what necessarily started it, but I I know things that have done it, done it well, and we've talked about it follows uh, here and mm -hmm. there throughout mm -hmm. this month, and that one just elicits the effect of someone literally following you or like someone approaching you so it is mm -hmm. just perfectly in line with the visual like language that the director is putting forth there oh great yeah and great. uh mm -hmm. it, and it definitely has its effects here too where you just it whatever the sense of dread when nothing else is going on when you're just like sitting in a room and it's just there's still movement and there's still like something like the world closing in on you or like even mm -hmm. if it's like coming from behind your back or something like like that and um yeah and then like the the lighting stuff can definitely be overdone too and i thought that the this and both uh she dies tomorrow kind of restrained themselves in ways that were like effective like she dies tomorrow used the lights and like almost like the monster in that movie was the lights mm -hmm. this for was sure. just more for like stylistic effect but even something like i'm, I'm just pulling from our repertoire of movies that we've that we've covered so far but like something like spiral i just remember those oranges and blues just like washing everything out by the end of the movie because it was just only that that color it was it wasn't like really exploring other other ways to use palette, the art. Yeah. yeah 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 like the palette was kind of limited and, and they didn't really expand beyond that and and here it was really cool to i don't know the overall graininess and like the the filter and like whatever you call oh color i loved that yeah, so much on point felt like a, a 80s movie there especially the shots of her like uh going through the subway stuff there was i don't know exactly and this is something that i really want to spend more time researching is how they accomplish this because this movie genuinely made me so interested about filmmaking just like with the witch i was like how the hell are they doing this wow. because I don't see movies normally like this where there is so much craft 
paid to the way that yeah the way that it's just presented on on in front of you because like if you go watch like i mean definitely there's a lot of great shit in dune but typically in a movie at that level it is it's it all visually looks similar and the the whole thing is like you're not you're not going to get too artistic with it because like a marvel movie for example isn't really going through a lot of different uh tones in what the camera is doing what the color of this like all of that stuff none of that is really being fucked around with because it is really trying to accomplish we're getting from point a to point b and we want to keep this as cohesive because obviously it's shot all over the place so the big thing i'm sure with those movies like that is how do we just get it to all look the same given the fact that this was shot in you know a bunch of different places bunch of different times in studios washed out yeah Mm -hmm. that you just that's like that's got to be a herculean task where you just got we need this to all look like it's in the same movie as opposed to um this that doesn't need to it needs it is just it prioritizes what the it prioritizes what visually we can do to best represent the mood that is trying to be conveyed on screen and that is so fun to watch where yeah like i got this um kind of uh when she yeah this 80s i don't know how they did it again but it felt incredibly 80s to me and i it it really felt like a um silence of the lambs like whatever whatever the you know whatever's happening between those two had a very similar way of presenting like a grime presenting oh. like uh shadows and then also too there's a little bit of like light flare so it's like oh yeah. it all is just these really fine touches that make this seem like oh well this could have been you know this looks like a movie obviously it's a, a higher definition which i would assume is makes it even more difficult because a lot of this 80s referencing that i'm talking about just came from the fact that the equipment wasn't nearly as good as it is today so you would get more light exposure you know you wouldn't be able to have so much detail or lighting wouldn't be so like crisp on things because you just didn't have that technology but but man like what the uh prino what is her name uh prino okay uh yeah and i mean you 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 said mood and and that is a driving force of this movie is is mood Mm -hmm. and style and it relishes those moments and if you're not enjoying that side of things then i'm sure you could be like oh this is this is dragging and and what's taking so long and why aren't they getting to the scary good stuff of like a a a scary movie just to touch on why maybe people didn't enjoy this and what they might have been expecting even seeing the the trailer itself was kind of like i don't know if you if you did see the trailer before seeing this movie but Mm -mm, i did not it kind of presents itself as as like a scary movie like it's it seems to just really kind of hit you with intense music and kind of like more of the uh frightening image imagery of the movie which you know there's 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 some of that there but it's a lot of that dread um and of of her of being inside of her mind and going along the ride of 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 her own mind and within that is yeah the stylistic choices that they use um for for the mood and and everything and even something so subtle as the music and and the score which 
really isn't overpowering at all. And it really is, is yeah. very, very subtle. And it just, it kind of helps you focus, uh, a, a bit more, but yeah, you, you, you mentioned the, the lead a- actor and, and she is, uh, I don't, I haven't seen her in much besides raised by wolves, which is a, a strange Ridley Scott show on HBO max, <laughs> um, mm. that I, I love. And I, I liked a lot. And she's one of the, the shining, shining beacons of that mm. show. I'd say, I don't know. She's, uh, She's really great, and the the task that she's given in that show is uh, not to insane. Not to give she's the, she's the one that's the leader, it. right? Yeah, I, I mean, it, I guess I will. It kind of happens early on the show. She she like someone look. she's playing someone else. Like so, she's uh, oh. she assumes someone else's identity, and like it's in the future, so you can take like their 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 body and their basically look just like them, and to express that with with. Uh, uh, with subtle face gestures and just great acting, I think she she does an absolutely uh, amazing job. As with this, where I was watching her her build throughout the movie, and by the end, and where where does where she does end up in the, at the end of the movie, and uh, her peak at emotionally, it makes sense how closed in and closeted she she is with with i mean of course with her workplace with how she's treated in her workplace um and her overall attitude towards things and the trauma that she's faced that she doesn't fully understand and she doesn't remember and she's trying to piece together and all of that of course but i thought she played that build so well and and trying to like even think about how an actor would play scenes and how it's shot and in whatever order that it's shot that i think that is something that is really admirable for me to think about of like trying to put that together as an actor of that build towards the kind of insane ending that kind of happens at the end or just where she, well, I mean, she literally is an insane person uh, Mm. and, and she's so put together at the beginning and (laughs) for whatever reason, those are some of my favorite. I like movies where people like fall apart. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why not, not all my favorite movies, but there's like, I don't know. I like a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio movies and sure, all sure. of his movies is him just gradually Nicholas Cage degrading. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, Mandy, I guess it's kind of like Mandy. This, this movie kind of reminded, reminded me of a bit too, if you've ever seen that. Um, but yeah, there's, yeah, there's a scene of, of Nicholas Cage in that movie that is classic uh, breakdown. He has so many, he has montages, but anyway, I, I digress. It's, it's just one of those things that, uh, is, it is a slow burn of, of a movie and, and I'm, I'm not sure everyone was signed on for that when they, when they did sign on to actually watch this movie. And I feel like that might be where some of the, um, the ratings might be a little off between the two parties here. Yeah, I just I'm in I feel like a broken record throughout this because I just I always I'm been having through this month a hard time understanding that like people wanting because we we've referenced this before, like, oh, they were expecting more this like more horror um, for lack of like specificity. And this movie gives you gore from jump, then continues to give you gore then takes a little bit of a break, gives you a jump scare, then goes into murder and gore again. And I just, so, the, right, I was looking at some of the reviews before hopping on here, and it's like, yeah, I, people talking about, oh, my, this, this movie is so slow, I can't, this movie doesn't do anything. And I just, again, am having such a hard time comprehending 
how, like how people feel like that. Because in my mind, I mean, I don't know. You got like, for, again, from beginning, there's like, there's somebody getting a, um, a power tool to the face and just showing that yeah, stuff. I mean, well, if we can, let's start with the beginning of the movie. The, yeah. the, the, what the beginning of the movie is her reviewing something and talking with her, uh, her coworker about uh, how the the part with the eye gouging needs to be taken out, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and they they have this conversation about while they're uh, watching uh, watching movie. It's clearly uh, set in an earlier time. What, I don't know what exactly year. It doesn't. I don't think even say what year it's set. Um, but VHS is how they're watching watching these movies, and it's it's all about these are the video nasties brand, and these are those video mm-hmm. nasties um, that they're that they have such to, a British term. Yeah. It's the, and now I'm reading it now, just glancing at uh, the Wikipedia. Cause I wasn't sure what their uh, rating board was called, but it's the British board of film classification. And I'm not sure mm-hmm. what the rating system is there. I know they do mention like something about a, a 15 rating, uh, which here we have a PG 13 and an R we have a G PG PG 13 and R. If I don't know if anybody doesn't know. And, uh, yeah, it's MC 17 too, but you were you almost never see that. Yeah. But that's what they, that's where our is MCAA comes in. Is that what it is? Our, our, uh, board or whatever. I uh, think so. Uh, comes in and, and tells them what they should do and t- how to tailor it down because NC 17 won't run in any movie theater. No one will take it. Uh, mm-hmm. but these, this is the time when VHS was more is becoming popular and people are able to like take these videos and, and use their uh, video player uh, VHS players to even edit certain things too, or re-record, re-record things yep. and put uh, compilations together. And then you have your own video cameras at home. You can start making your own, I don't know, snuff films or whatever the fuck you want to make and, mm-hmm. and put them out. And so this is just kind of like a new frontier that Margaret Thatcher is not happy about. I don't think. And uh, there's, th- she's the law and order. That's the, that's the platform she ran on. Um, because yeah, you're coming off of the heels. This is like, I think we're going into the eighties, but you're going through, um, you're going through a lot of the hippie revolution. You're starting to get into like cold war stuff and people are concerned that there is increase in violence, um, just in general. Um, and Margaret Thatcher comes in and she's the law and order candidate. Um, I can't remember exactly what party she runs on. I'm not totally familiar yeah, with yeah, we're not, UK uh, politics. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's yeah, kind so of part of the, the montage, I think, or that maybe she comes later. It provides con- it, historical context to what's happening. Well, there's a lot of news footage in within the context of this movie and within the background of the movie and the tap that's and, true. And, and what's just going on and whether, whether it's news clippings and she's looking at newspapers or um, she's just hearing in the background just like awful, awful stories uh, most of the time. But that's how the movie starts with the opening credits is a whole montage of just kind of putting you in the place of um, news stories about violence as well as um, uh, overly violent films that people are attributing this violence to because uh, that's uh, and that's that's the overriding theme of this movie is how people are attributing the the violent things that they see in the world um, and relating it to the media that they're watching and is becoming more and more readily available to them and that's kind of just kind of shoved in your face kind of like right at the beginning. 
Yeah, which is always so funny to me because it's also like the Tipper Gore stuff with um, that we dealt with in America where we had politician come in and say that rap music is causing kids to go out and commit uh, acts of violence against each other because it's being glorified in hip hop music. And it's just always so fucking funny to me um, when that these are the things that are attributed to by but pay no mind that it's oh it's not because people came back from a war completely shattered human beings then didn't know how to raise children who then developed mental health problems who then went and commit acts of violence oh it's the you know it's it it all it it always blows my mind where we just because you have to have a scapegoat right you have to and all the the government is so great when it comes to we're 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 trying to solve problems Right. And just like, oh, we're going to pin it on this because it is the mo- it is arguably the easiest thing for us to solve is, oh, we'll just, right. you know, spend a bunch of money saying people can't do this thing. And then it's a simple narrative. This has violence in it. People are committing violence. So if we remove the violence that they're seeing, then the violence that they're committing is going to get toned down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, pay no mind to. And this movie tries to make a point to a really interesting and we'll i think we'll more so get to it at the end of like what is the thesis of this movie because i mean i that's one it kind of almost like supports this a little bit in a really weird way where you know here's okay let's get into the plot um here you do the plot completely satirizing i feel like it's or like it's taking that satirical view view of 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 that but yeah we'll, we'll we'll definitely get to it the ending is something that that brought me brought me back in in a good way but uh the montage at the at the very beginning of the movie after the the, the cold open is is kind of i don't know i guess it, it starts with like what you would think is like a, a typical like scary movie opening and then you find out that they're just like watching something about to edit it down does the montage and then um i think you you know you kind of get uh a little snippet of her and her workplace and um and kind of who she is and you know th- there's something you know with her character and the introduction of her character and who you're going to spend the time with in this movie i thought it was just an interesting angle to take this sort of story is someone who is who is on the censor board but is is actually like fully believing that the, the media is the problem and that's why uh people are committing these these acts of violence or acts of whatever uh against the law and she is so convicted in her in her job and her position of of whatever power she does have of um censoring these these pieces of media that she thinks that she's actually going to be able to solve the problem that way right is, is her belief and uh and you and you start to find out, and eventually you find out when she goes to dinner with her parents, um, where that fervor comes from. Yeah, yeah. Her her, her sister Nina, when the two were young, um, disappeared, and she was there, but doesn't fully remember. And you 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 are gradually getting little little snippets of, of her in her waking life or dreaming of that experience, and it's just little snippets mm-hmm. and images um, that she's piecing together, uh, but she does not remember exactly what happened. And uh, did you have anything else to say kind of about her character before I was just going to talk about the dinner scene where um, her, her parents tell her that they're going to 
pronounce her sister dead with a death death certificate they hand to her. That's her copy. Um, and it's all, yeah, it's, it's, it's really opening you up to this character at, at a, at a reasonable pace. Like I, at least at this point, yeah, I, I think so. Having, having an issue with, with it, especially when you got all the gory stuff of like the, the 80s stuff. I don't know. It, it, that was just fun to see. And it must've been fun to make. And then seeing their workplace and, and all the period piece clothing and the, and the set and everything. There's something about that. That's really in, it makes, makes it uh, enjoyable for me too. It just, that it just puts me in the world. And uh, I thought that was very, very effective with, with like the low lit dim room. Cause, and what lighting they did have was, uh, f- you know, there's a lot of fluorescent lighting in this in this movie too, especially. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, in the uh, in the tunnel where she goes after work, she walks through a tunnel, and there's just like this fluorescent lighting lighting the tube, and it's just kind of yeah, it has that flare sort of effect, and it just kind of washes out things a bit. But you can see why the color correction and the filter like works so well, um, for that lighting and in this kind of what would seem to be natural lighting. I know that's maybe just a vague sort of term. It's not all natural. Like people like directors are going to use lighting on their sets and everything, but it just has that appearance of natural along with whatever wacky colors that they want to use too, which is not natural, but just looks fucking cool (laughs) and adds the, the whatever sort of contrast and saturation that they're, that they're mixing everything with. But, um, yeah, that's that. Uh, that's the character is 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 that's a huge part of her character that's revealed at that dinner, and that is the driving force of her character that carries her the whole way through the movie. It's there's not really much else going on with this movie. Um, yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah, there's no. We don't find out really anything more about her outside of like what you know. She doesn't have really conversations with a bunch of people in this movie they're very sparse um it's really just kind of once we start taking off which is coming up somewhat soon it just goes and then concludes and yeah i just i guess something to point out is you know because you see a progression happen throughout the course of the movie is she starts off very put together she has a, a librarian-esque uh, look to her. She's got the glasses with the, um, the I guess they're, it's a croaky, but like the, you know, the beads that come down and make it a necklace. Yeah, she she's kind of, yeah, like looks like a prude that, that kind of just wants to uh, tell everyone not, what not to do or something, you know? But oddly, she doesn't give off the vibe of being really forward about her opinions she just seems very committed to doing her job just more intrinsically there isn't yeah. a she she because ultimately she's confronted with kind of the repercussions of her job because uh you know we find out that somebody committed a murder at the time based off of a movie that she reviewed and that gets us into some of the politics of what's happening at her place of work is that somebody from like some you know government organization very opaque but uh comes in and says like so this movie was approved by you guys it is now being it's characterizing this murder that happens because the person uh ate somebody's face off which was in this movie um yeah this and guy, yeah this guy 
killed his wife and ate her face and then mm-hmm. killed the children or something too or something yeah i don't know i think there were children i don't know but yeah i don't he was, remember yeah he's he, he ate her ate her face and everything was being attributed to um that video so yeah they get taken in by the boss uh her and the guy that you see at the very beginning and but she, yeah yeah she doesn't stand up at all or really make any type of, you know, we're, you know, we're doing hard work here. Right. I'm trying, trying right. to do this. Yeah. You know, she, she may, she pays really no mind to like, cause she just internalizes it immediately yeah. and says, man, I fucked up. This is the repercussions of my actions. And then is pretty grief stricken yeah. by it. And yeah, so I'm just making the point that no, even I- though she's really committed to her job, she isn't. She isn't the, a zealot by any means. She isn't on the front lines. She doesn't want to be, you know, even some of the interaction with the press, like she just has wants nothing to do with them. She wants to do this job because she yeah. feels like, yeah, it's you know, important. You no, know, I, that's why, you know, I was touching on how interesting, like an avenue that was to take to get into this movie where, yeah, you could have the more self-righteous person that was going to either stand up for the art or be even more self-righteous in the opposite direction of like, no, I'm going to be very convicted in in my critical and yeah, yeah, either religious or or even my just morality or just my my trauma, and this is my way to fix that. Um, that happened to me in the past. But what they did was make yeah, it made her close in and and go through other versions of trauma in the workplace and things like that, or just or just be oppressed mm-hmm. oppressed in other ways and kind of just be the outcast uh, in in her social environment. And I thought that was such an effective way to make you empathize with that type of person, you know, cause like for sure you just to make that as the main character, you're just kind of like, Oh, I don't want to root for this person necessarily because they're just, she's just kind of like all these movies. She's she, censoring movies. Yeah. yeah. These, these are fun, like scary movies. I'm watching a scary movie. I like scary movies. Like that. Why? why like, I'm not going to root for this person that's taking all the away, all the fun gory bits of it. If that's what I'm into. And, uh, I thought just like her, yeah, like her, her at the beginning and, and her rise up at the end was, it, it was very effective because at the beginning I, I found myself empathizing with her a lot and, um, but also completely disagreeing with her viewpoint, which I thought was, um, very purposeful. Yeah, I would, I guess I'm just having a hard time understanding like really what her viewpoint is because it goes, it starts getting into her trauma with her sister. And then that kind of has its sole purpose and has nothing to do. The very basic of like, sorry to, sorry to cut you off. I was just going to say the very basic of like, uh, art causes violence, like movies cause violence. And this is what I believe is, is what, is what she thinks. Okay. I guess I'm just bringing up that I didn't get a totally strong sense of that from her, that she really, uh, to me, it's, it's almost like she just wants to do her job. I got more of that than where she said she was like, I'm going to, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to make everything right or something to that effect where I'm, and even to, I mean, what the ending does and what her Mm, essentially her fantasy was, was that coming to complete fruition was that idea of of movies cause uh violence like mm. violent movies cause actual violence and if we were to remove violent movies then everything would be fine was is what the ending of the movie is what her her fantasy would, would be so that just right supports what right. that ideal would 
be in, in her mind and what she believes in. Inter- oh, okay. I have to be this. Uh, hold on. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, it's okay. We'll be right back. So two things that are starting to come up where I, I, I feel like I interpreted the movie differently than you did is first off, I didn't really get a sense that until literally the last three minutes of the movie that this was like her in some fugue state or she was like dreaming this. Um, I thought, only, I you mean, know, she was only dreaming at the end. I mean, that she only went into okay. yeah, that, that situation, but I'm just saying that's what she wanted and that's what within her mind was her fantasy of her ideals that she would get her sister back bring her sister we're already getting into this but bring her sister yeah. back to her parents and that that would be fine and then on the radio the whole way there i was i was cracking right i was i was laughing so yeah I was, okay i was, I was laughing yeah. not like because it was very dark as well but uh chuckling because the radio it's all like pleasantville sort of style there's like rainbows mm. every different rainbow every different angle that they're shooting and uh the people are like oh we we removed all violent movies and ev- all crime rate is down to zero percent and everything is right. fine and you and it's like and she's smiling everyone's smiling and uh that like within her in, within her fantasy she did exactly what she wanted to do which is her job yes but i think she had a real conviction as uh I don't know what, whatever she was dealing with where it helped her resolve the trauma that she had with losing her sister was able to censor uh, these movies and remove the violence from other people. Cause if she did that, then it wouldn't ever happen to anyone ever again. And that is such like a heartfelt empathetic way to go into that situation, to have that character be presented someone that, yeah, like I would normally see in a movie and be like, Oh, she's a prude. And She's getting rid of art of things that, you know, people can handle it, let let it be peer reviewed, if anything, just by the people. Oh, and we can for sure. decide what is good art or not or, or bad art. And she's just a roadblock in the way of of that, of mm. of of what true artistry is or whatever, especially even the opening scene of the just the the people's reaction to her at work and everything, too, is just kind of like, oh, I don't know how to feel about this person because not many people seem to like her. And even when people do give her support and love, she seems to just push it away. So you're just not sure exactly how to feel, but you do want her, want her to open up so you can understand a bit at least. And I think that's at least the baseline of, of empathizing. And um, yeah. And even like the one guy asked her out for, for a drink and she, uh, she says, no way, Jose. And uh, no, she doesn't say that, but uh, (laughs) No, she does not say that. But what she does do is this thing that I thought was uh, a really good character moment, which she grabs her shoulders by her hands and does like a little stretch. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's like an I don't know if it's what I don't know. What, what is it? It's a, is a, it's a tick of some kind. And she does. Yeah, the something about her fingers, too. She's just like I, I was trying to get exactly what her dad was because her, her at dinner her dad looks at her doing something with her nails and then she yeah. reads that like i shouldn't be doing this she's like which was a hangnail so much so at a at, by a certain point in the movie that there's yeah she's c- causing a a cut of like flesh is showing you know she's she's mm. uh, she's picking at this hangnail so bad on her thumb and then yeah and then she does this little this little kind of it, i mean it's it's not but it just reminded me of 
Molly Shannon and Superstar where she does that. Right. You know, because <laughs> it was just had that similar sort of vibe, just kind of like, oh, you know. What do I do with my, yeah, what do I do with my hands? What do I do with my arm? <laughs> She's trying to yeah. pump herself up or something, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's a, such a, all, all of this is, is done very methodically and yeah. And again, very stylized and her, she, she's yeah, very, very sullen and deadpan and not giving too much away besides with her parents, which yeah, it's, it's her parents. So she's going to like let the guard down a bit and it's about her, her sister, which she cares the most about. Um, but she is convinced that her sister is still out there somewhere. And um, she eventually sees a movie by what's his name, Brandon? Is it Christopher North? What is it? What, why did I say that? Frederick North. Frederick North. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go into the church. Is that what it was? Something like that. Yep. Nailed yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which was dropped off by that super sleazy producer. Mm-hmm. And then that, that whole interaction with them is the worst because he just is openly hitting on her and doing it in a way that is just so aggressive for also what the subject matter is because i think in that conversation too there's a reference to like yeah just all the blood and gore that they do and you know this is a real like gut buster or just yeah there's uh there's such a gross put put her in one of his movies and then she's like i don't think i want to be raped in one of your movies yes yeah yeah different pieces or or something like that and he's i don't know he says something like some like other people do or something like Uh, yes uh uh-huh yeah yeah Uh i i just gotta say that casting of that guy was great i thought he played that so well like even him walking into the room was just like this fuck i thought he was like a I don't know, someone from I like I the boss was in the other room, so I thought he was someone like over because it's overhead or some upper management or some shit that was gonna be mad at her about all the the murder or something. But that look that he gave and then walking out, yeah, it was just like he Ugh. thinks he's being so coy and sly and he's just being fucking gross. And uh he has yeah, just like it's 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 uh it's the eighties you K version of uh wine harvey weinstein kind of is is who that mm. guy is yeah what, he uh, what he's gonna but do it, i mean and which is understandable he's a producer for uh smut movie yeah yeah, yeah. Like, of course, he's going to be a fucking grosso dude that is just going to be in like he's just producing these movies because I'm sure, you know, they make him some money. I mean, it wasn't like his place was all that nice. She went over to it later and it's yeah, like he's this still alone. He doesn't. Even- yeah, he's like, yeah, he's got some cool shit in there. I mean, some sh- like shitty bachelor pad or whatever. Yeah. But uh, the- yeah, he's yeah, he's a creed. Yeah, there is a there is a come up. It's with him. And I. I'm glad that I'm kind of glad that he came back into the movie. And if anyone's going to die, I'm glad that it's, that it's him. Um, but yeah, what's, what's, what, any, what's before that? She, I mean, she, okay. Yeah. She sees her sister on in this movie by, by, uh, by this guy. That's at first I thought that was the director, but no, yeah, that, that guy we're talking mm-hmm. about is the producer. Um, but this mm-hmm. guy North, um, Fred, Frederick okay. North, uh, she sees this, this video. It's almost like a retelling of her dream of her, not not her dream her of her uh, actual experience of what she remembers with her sister disappearing and walking into this cabin and then um what happens in the movie is the character who would be her uh in relation to the into this movie uh starts 
smacking at her sister with an axe, just like over and over and over and over again. And like you just hear the sound going in and out. Yeah, it's yeah, you're right. I mean, there's scary, gory stuff, and it's maybe, maybe horror fans. I'm you gotta love this stuff because like, it's like meta texture like it's like there's it's meta within the movie that it's not actually happening to any of the characters i mean it kind of is there's a connection that she's having with it um and i thought it was suspenseful in its own sort of like mister mysterious sort of way too where you're trying to solve a mystery and it's and it's kind of scary and it's thrilling as well and very dramatic and sad um yeah i mean i think that's such a great direction that horror movies are going in general with the God, I forget his name. Ari something uh, for like Midsummer and hereditary uh, mm. stuff, where it's just like very dramatic too, and you can have these very dark themes and 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 plot lines going. Um, but yeah, where am I? Where am I going with all? It's this? also, in, I would just point out that it's also crucial to the plot as well because this is uh, we haven't. T- uh, I'll just briefly mention it, is that we are the movie is now starting to tell us that there is something more to her sister missing and implying that maybe she had something to do with it yeah, because pr- right. prior to this, you know, we had the dinner scene which we brought up, and there is this air of like you shouldn't. Like we're kind of mad at you about this, but we've gotten over this. We want you to get over, over this. And the dad for sure is very, yes, he still has a, is contentious with his daughter because there seems to be some implication that she was involved in um, their sister missing. Interesting that it's missing because that is also a choice as well, because there isn't a ever a definitive of like, Oh yeah. You know, our our main character killed her. It really is. I'm glad. Just kind of. Yeah. I'm so glad too because it just all it what that does is it allows it to just be a trauma. There, you don't need to go. You don't need to go down all of this. Like, okay, so she was actually there. There was actually, you know, all of these specifics in order for you to build up. Oh, so she did kill it because you would have to start introducing a bunch of details to why that happened and it would have to come in flashbacks and then all of this stuff and it, it's not the yeah, point. yeah it's not that's the not point the, the that's not the point of the movie and so it's just all these little subtle nods of and then another thing i'll mention then we can get back to where we are is that uh when she finds out about the movie that she uh didn't restrict uh was you know kind of aided in uh the killer you know or inspired the killer uh she gets hung up on the fact that he, the killer doesn't remember that right. he killed his wife, which is something she hangs up on because now again, as it were, this is kind of just information for us as the movie, as the watcher that, Oh, maybe she doesn't fully, maybe she did do it and she doesn't remember it. Yeah. And then she has the conversation too with her co-worker that asks her out about trauma and then he explains to her well your brain has the ability to completely shut you know out memories that it's trying to protect right. you from so there is definitely a possibility that you know past traumas in your life actually did happen but you just can't remember it because your body is having this physical reaction to it where it just won't let you remember it and all of this stuff is like a little little bits which then to me make it 
keep the plot moving and keep things moving along. All you need is these subtle interactions, subtle details being dropped in. Oh, so this is, you know, this is kind of a little bit of the world building. Like the, maybe this is what happened and yeah. maybe we'll find out, maybe we don't. And I'm really kind of, I'm really glad that we, spoiler alert, don't find out because like, yeah, that's not the point of it. And, and it's nice yeah. keeping it open-ended because we can talk about those things that are placed uh, within foreshadowing like you're talking about that interaction that she's having with her coworker about him asking her out that's when mm-hmm. you get the first sense that she's an untrustworthy protagonist yes those are some, mm-hmm. i feel like i enjoy those movies too as where it's oh i can't fully trust this person that's like taking me on the ride of of this movie and i'm not really sure what's fully going on here and, and especially right. you know when you get flashbacks of like a very vague scene you're like oh that's going to play a part in a way that i don't fully understand now but i'm not really going to trust anything you know at, at least as as an audience member or in, um seen enough horror movies as well but yeah you did touch on on the possibility of her actually meeting her sister and getting that closure in that way that would have yeah ruined that would have ruined it because it ruined it. It, that that was that was the triumphant moment for me of the ending of this movie that brought, brought me right back in was making it completely about what's going on inside of her head and and learning to deal with that trauma so much so that you are starting to connect the dots where the dots aren't even there the same way that people do that with violence in, in movies. And that, and that uh, parallel came through really well at the end. And it's almost in a way that I almost wanted them to spend like a little more time on it throughout the movie or something, but it was okay Mm -hmm. because it was, it was subtle and it was, it was artistic and this is more of an indie indie movie sort of experience. Yeah. And that's, that's completely fine. Like I, I, I fully enjoyed it, but like that ending really like was like an exclamation mark to me about the, yeah, about the themes of the movie and, and what it was trying to say. And when you, yeah, I was like, why, why is it talking so much about the, uh, this character, like really believing in, in everything that that montage was talking about, about um, violent movies causing everything and that misdirect, even in in that way was was really effective for me because you start to take your own personal shit and baggage and transpose it and project it on the world that you're that you're seeing instead of being open minded and accepting what is being given to you you are projecting you are putting out what you are experiencing on the world instead of accepting of it for what it is and trusting that people will have the wherewithal and agency to handle it for them fucking selves. And you think that you have the moral uh, superiority to make those decisions for people when it's the government thing you brought, you touched on as well. That's just like you exactly. It's a scapegoat. It's just, that's the reason why we can attribute it to that. Not only is that the reason, but we also gain more control because we can tell people what they can and can't watch or listen to. So that's uh, when in like, for multiple reasons. Um, but for them to end it like how they did was, I think that was just so effective. And I thought they, they laid the groundwork in a very effective way as well with her where, yeah, I, I think at that moment, yeah, you're just like, Hmm, I, yeah, I'm not sure about her. And even, yeah, of course at the dinner where you're like, you know, you're not fully sure what happened at the cabin and you see the, the girl killing her with the ax. Of course. Yeah. That too. But um, it's a, yeah, it's a combination of her, her performance is a, is a big variable in that too. But just to speak on that, I'm glad we're in, gre- in agreement on that. Cause that's like, 
such a such a huge part of the movie that is that almost is the movie and that last little snippet at the end is is huge uh huge way to say that without being uh dealing with any sort of exposition about trying to explain it in some way or putting her in some funny fucking loony bin with a straight jacket or, or something you know, right just like leaving the movie there for just like I'm a good person. All the, all the bad movies gone. You know, and it's just, yeah, you can, you can have the people themselves that are watching the audience members kind of uh, fill in the blanks a little bit more. Um, but yeah, like we kind of, yeah, we kind of went off on the, on the end there. I think that was, that was nice, we, but we did miss the part where uh, he, she goes to visit the producer cause she's trying to get in touch with the director. Well, yeah, we'll keep work. We'll work. Uh, we're doing Tarantino that Tarantino where we're kind of jumping. Around I, a bit, but, yeah. Um, There's yeah, a, little, a little, I was just going to say when she meets up with that producer guy, if, if, is there anything before that, that we should talk about? I don't know, but uh, I mean, I guess I would, yeah. The only thing I would bring up is that there is a part of the movie, I guess you could say that drags is that she's in search for more of uh Frederick North's movies. And so there's this whole, like she's being, and then, well, you know, I, I, I I want to talk actually in length about this because it it is very interesting the scene where she is in the movie um store of oh, <laughs> video yeah. store, yeah, the video store. And then and having you know yeah, having to anymore. I understand what you forgot, Brandon. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, a movie depot. <laughs> um yeah, so the, her having that conversation was really interesting to me because it it's so much good like character and storytelling is happening there because she of course knows she can name out other other movies similarly so she can come off as an expert because she genuinely is an expert and there and the interaction that she has she really like works through that guy who's kind of putting up a front of like i mean i can't i can't just i can't just sell this to anybody obviously because it's illegal but she was able to just do an easy number on this guy where you know i mean yeah he caved pretty quickly (laughs) i mean the only roadblock he put up is i haven't seen you here before and she easily just says yeah i just moved here (laughs) and then that was really the only strong question he had and And then she just goes into like like, you don't seem like the type of person to get these movies and then she just immediately went into kind of blackmail territory too (laughs) like right i know that movie's banned Mm. well yes and then that also you know shows him that obvious i mean if she can off of like a uh yeah a brief glance name that movie and then also she names other movies similar to it um yeah it was such a great interaction and that was that was fun there was a little bit of this back in the the part that is boring is there's a little bit of she has to like go to um it's a lot of her like in transit to find other stuff yeah, so like there's a little the, bit of that like going to the file room and talking to the mm-hmm. lady about getting the files and and, and stuff like that of, of of kind of just some some uh doing some some legwork of of running around and, and trying to trying to solve this mystery where you're still trying to figure out i guess like how the movie's getting its footing a bit about like who who these people are who you should care for and where it's headed and mm-hmm. what sort of information you're going to find out. But I guess that, that piece. Yeah. I mean, and that main piece of just like, I got to find my sister and she, I mm-hmm. think she's in this movie and I think she grew up 
and she is now in these like weird sort of snuff and Cold. like, like yeah. sort of scary like against her will yeah exactly yeah totally and you know mm. your your mind even starts to think down that pathway and they could have taken that pathway too and just played it out exactly literally how that would have would have been and that would have been a scary movie too of like yeah what, whatever but uh or she's under some spell or, or 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 something and uh no it's uh it's just that's that's the thing and that's what drives the movie that's what drives the main character she doesn't really care about anybody else. She's trying to just like kind of prove it to her parents. You know, she has like a couple scenes with her parents. So yeah, you're just on the ride with her. And I think that kind of drags a bit too, when you're just kind of so insular with one, uh, one character and someone who is so stone face, uh, about everything and yeah, not very charismatic and, and just, uh, I still think, yeah, her performance. I mean, amazing, striking just, to look at. It's just not the, I, yeah, she's an interesting actress. Yeah, she's actress. such a symmetrical face, I feel like. So, oh Am my, I and wrong on that one? I feel like no, not at so all. Symmetrical. I, I probably about like 10 minutes into the movie, I, I just was kind of chuckling to myself where I feel like you have to kind of go above and beyond to make her look very plain. Like, because, bookish, yeah. yeah, bookish, because, she is for sure not that she has an incredibly symmetrical and face and a striking jawline. Her eyes are really interesting to look at. And like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I just, it was one of those things where this person is not this bookworm, even though they're dressing her up like one, there's a no, little just, bit of it, just her like innate, just beauty and charisma kind of she comes in a little bit when Really, she should be more mousy and reserved, which she's really great at playing. Like, I nothing against the against the actress, but her just visually and kind of her presence a little bit is just yeah, it's a little off on the movie. But yeah. I mean, that's such a minute thing to gripe about because really, her performance and they also do really well costuming wise. Where throughout this movie, oh yeah, we start off at we start off with her being very clean. Um, and well put together and then her eyes start getting darker and more sunken her hair gets uh more going down down and getting messed up Mm -hmm. she just you you also get a sense that she's like sweating and like she's got this like wetness to her of like yeah she's just really um really spun up and yeah anxious and it comes off visually incredibly well and there is a level of continuity that is um yeah it just kind of shows you like it's uh keeps re not reiterating but um it keeps putting out the energy of what where she is at in this journey just solely visually without her needing to do too much talking about stuff because you can just see so much of how this is affecting her as this uh, movie goes on, which is, yeah, another, uh, another great thing about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. She's already that person. I was, I was just thinking about who that would have to like what path she had to take from that moment to become uh, a person on what what was it called the the British Board of Film Film Classification. She must have just yeah watched a lot of a lot of gnarly stuff to to get to that point after experiencing something really intense. But that she, I guess she just doesn't remember. Um, mm-hmm. and, and she was and she was just committed to do it. And then uh, I guess with uh, she she looks like at least the lead actress in um, the producer's movie because doesn't he say that she looks like uh oh, yeah yeah you look like and then he tries mm-hmm. to he tries to cast her 
of course, but at least, yeah, I mean, I, that, that, that brought, I guess if, if you're concerned about that, that brought the realism to it. <laughs> the creepy guy walking in was like, yeah, you should be in my movie. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, yeah. gross. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. That's, that's good that you bring that up too. Cause that is hinted that is, yeah, it's it, said by other characters, the producer, um and then yeah, also right. too I, mean, I think like somebody else says ask, ask ask her for a drink so there's people that i think that that helps illustrate that she, the costumer as well denying yeah. these advances and it's and it's up to her there's no there's it's not that she's not getting these opportunities to socialize or or be with people like she's making an active decision to not uh not get herself involved mm-hmm. um yeah i just yeah it just adds to who she is and um she's just dead set on figuring out what what happened to her sister and she's following uh, she, she steals at some point she steals the file to figure out where the producer lives yeah. um and yeah i know what you're talking about where yeah she's kind of just looks more and more anxious and desperate uh, as the movie goes on and in some of the shots of her driving in the car there's kind of like a sheen about her in the in the <laughs> right. in the lights with like the pinkish kind of kind of 80s lights with there's almost like a film grain and there it only kind of yeah it kind of like looks like there's a sheen to her maybe she's not sweaty but it, yeah it like looks like there's like glare, I think, yeah maybe glare, it was raining a glare yeah yeah um and then, but it's yeah, just attention to detail in this movie is really quite fantastic there's so much little shit that is that uh yeah characters um are kind of like doing a lot of the also too i really <laughs> love the just, character smoking too there's a sense of like what type yeah. of person that they are based on how much they're smoking cigarettes in this movie and or how, yeah or even how they're smoking like the one yeah like, kind yeah. of snobby guy it's just kind of like you almost seem like you <laughs> wanted to be like a film critic and right just, or you wanted to be in the movies in some way totally or and then you just got got caught in this direction and right at the beginning he's just like oh it's He's like comparing this movie to like these like really high class sort of mm-hmm. um, artists and, and everything like that. And and he seems to be more on, on that side of things. And he's kind of you hear him putting uh, her down in the in the other rooms and everything. Yes. Uh, where she doesn't necessarily like stick up for herself, but she hears it happen and kind of. Yeah, she she knows it's it's yeah, it's it's hard to he- see that stuff go down. Uh but man, it really helps characterize everything in in the workplace and how people interact with with her and how drab kind of and and dull kind of things seem in 1980s uh, mm. work, workplace life. I, I don't know. It just seems like, oh, man, I would be wearing glasses, too, with all that low light. Jeez. And all that. Fluorescent light. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of just like a, a complete <laughs> different, different things um but it, man it looks cool that's that's for sure um, absolutely but see her seeing her start to unravel here is is uh this is, is the where big it starts, moment it starts to pick up yeah. and and it mm-hmm. and this is this is a moment filled with tension um of good blocking with within two people in, in this bachelor pad of a place that is kind of interesting and you know there's there's yeah just high high tension of of what this guy could do even from like step one you know, like yeah the very beginning of her of her walking in she's like i'm not sure if i should even do this but uh he reaches for like an award um he reaches for scotch and there's the award there yeah the the award there is uh is the 
is the gun. What do you call it? The, the gun that's going to mm-hmm. later to kill to kill him. But um, yeah, that was that seemed like kind of obvious. But even when he like reached for that, she flinches, and you can just feel this this palpable sense of of, of dread even there being there. And this type of person that yeah, that would like this is the antith- antithesis of what she would want to be and be around is this guy and the, and whoever makes these movies, she does not want to be around these types of people. She hates these movies. And he represents everything that is wrong with the world in, in, in her eyes. And uh, she's just trying to get information on the director. They are making a sequel to Don't Go Into the Church. I think he gives the information about where it's going to be, like like the the cabin where the other one was filmed. I don't know. Like I think he gives her the information, and then she wants to, or she gets it from something. Like after she kills him, maybe she picks something up. I can't remember exactly. Does does he, he does say mention, he does mention like yeah? I don't know how she would specifically know where that is, but he does yeah. say like oh they're, they're yeah he's like this this uh, cabin or something something like that. But yeah, maybe she does pick up something on the on the way out i don't i don't quite remember uh um but what's that yeah i found it really interesting that the award she killed him (laughs) and it was the other way because i was expecting so the statue is like somebody holding a sword above their head it's an axe it's not even a sword an axe axe. right so it's not even that pointy but i just i thought it was uh, it obviously was a choice and i'm just i don't I guess I'm just too dumb to understand like what that meant, but yeah, the blunt end is what goes through him instead of the pointed end. And so then when he's just like laying down, you clear like the statue is standing up out, out of his mouth. Yeah. And I mean, that, uh, that's the point. I mean, like the, cause the other end would be the base. So, I mean, so he falls on the, the statue, but the statue itself isn't that pointy. It's just like a, is a guy holding an ax, I think. And it just for that to, go all the way through a person's back of their head through their mouth is is uh is, impossible is, is, a, is a little much if it was like a very sharp pointy object or something like that maybe i don't know if it was like he won the award in fencing and they were holding a big ass fucking <laughs> sword uh, up there in the statue in oh, yeah. but it was just yeah and it was very grisly he's like choking on this blood spitting on and you hear it here you hear him just breathe his last breaths for like a, a little while and then, yeah, that's the, I mean, yeah, it's, that's pretty scary. I mean, wow, that's the, that's the kind of real life shit that freaks me out of just like, oh my God, I'm in a situation I can't get out of. This person is kind of like the implication as Dennis would say from it's always sunny. I was like, if you leave, then something bad is going to happen. Just like even that sort of feeling just sounds so, so awful of, 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 yeah, it's, it's and I mean, that's the overriding thing with this movie is it's, it's people that's like, there's these horrific things have happened and have been happening since people have lived and and they will continue to happen and uh that it's it's not and they continue to make art as well but you cannot attribute that completely to to one thing um and that's that's what the director kind of that's what his weird sort of uh interaction he has with her which um so yeah the producer dies and a pool of his own blood as he's choking. And okay, so just real quick, so I must have missed this then because I thought she's the one that drove the statue into him. So that's not what happened. I must have been. He like falls backwards, and the statue oh, is like on weirdly, the table I'm... behind him. How did something. I miss that? Or like okay. it's like behind him, and it fall. It goes through his the back of his neck, 
sort of yeah like neck like back of head area and goes oh wow out of his mouth the whole like and it's a figurine it's a it's a figurine of a Mm -hmm. person holding an axe that's not that's not necessarily very sharp. That's like a blocky, blunt sort of thing. And it just goes all the way through his neck, out of his mouth. And yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. That it just it's, then, it wasn't it wasn't sharp enough, it seemed like, but it was quite oh. it was quite the choice, quite an effect. And it was it was uh that sort of thing where like, oh, that was kind of meta as well, where it's like all of these movies that they're talking about all are very violent. Let's like throw something really violent and grisly in here and have them like die a very uh gruesome death. Yeah, it also warms you up too. There's because there's more violence that happens somewhat um, soon after, and that's really gruesome because that spends a lot of time showing you the gore that's happening. And and not to say that this the statue thing wasn't showing gore, but um, to for the first person to die in the movie to be a clear cut terrible person, I think is another choice that is intelligent right because you're if you're going to prime somebody for what seems to be just not justified killings um to kind of warm you up to that idea with killing somebody who is uh irre- irrehensible uh, yeah saying that right yeah um i think is really smart because yeah you just i don't know if 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 an innocent rep- reprehensible yes um if you you know if we were introduced to her to somebody just getting murdered um i think that would then kind of feed into the what terrible what these um not terrible movies but these violent and gory movies mm. um yeah that would feed into it cuz if she did it on like purpose or something if she like purpose purposely did that that kind of i don't think that would like fit her fit her character as as much of um or she would or if she did she'd use forget about it right after right <laughs> god what is it oh man once that once that happened i was i kind of was in this whole internal just i don't know conversation with myself i don't know how to describe it but like uh about what the implications of that are like how like for blocking getting, that out of your memory no, like her getting a like, is she gonna get arrested? Like, how does that all of that stuff happen? Yeah, because like uh, up until this point, everything makes total sense is grounded in reality, and then the second you kill somebody, it's like, well, this obviously, like, you're not gonna be able to get away with yeah. that. And I then the bridge that, to get there that helped me really- out was when she got caught by the tabloids going to the the dirty movie store and then someone got a picture of her it was something like oh there are like consequences of the the weird sort of journey that she's going on to Mm -hmm. try to find out about her sister is like oh yeah they there are the tabloids are following her and there could be consequences to this weird shit that she's doing right now (laughs) like this kind of kind of path that she's on um i was gonna mention I was going to mention something, but I just forgot. Um, I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. I, man, I forget. Anyway, she, she rolls up and there's this nice shot. And this is like one of those things too, like within just this type of movie. Uh, I don't know, like a, it's just like a very slow plotting movie and in, in all of the cuts and the shots as well. And I just thought it was a great, very simple shot, but very great shot of the car rolling up in the, to the trailer. I thought like it was really well, lit. totally a slow old school sort of, I don't know, look like a Honda or something like rolling up to the, to the trailer yeah. and it just like slowly panned and it just, it just, 
It felt I like was, a horror movie. I was on, yeah, and I was on yeah. the hook again at that point of her arriving there, and then the um, makeup person coming out, and in that interaction, everything too was very so like, weird. Yeah, such and, a weird. Uh, there's tension even there of like the pauses, uh-huh. the pauses between their dialogue and how they're conversing with each other is kind of like, what is her deal, and what is. Uh, she hiding from her or something and then it just turns out this is just who she is and how she talks um, which it makes sense given that she's in a trailer in the middle of nowhere shooting a smut movie or whatever you call it yeah and she's right? done this this is like her fourth movie probably with the same guy and she's saying like mm-hmm. half the people haven't even shown up and just like I don't know, take help, take any sort of help at this point and they're probably just shooting at this guy's creepy cabin in the dark and you know in the middle of the night and yeah that just that realism kind of came across well and that sort of yeah it's yeah there's stuff about like movie making in this in this movie that's like kind of fun like all the vhs stuff and then even just the technology technology like a vhs player just the sound of it all i don't know it's been a, oh yeah it's been a while since i've heard those sounds and, and everything and i thought that they captured even just those very satisfying sort of buttons and dials of her editing and <laughs> rewinding and going forward and back and putting the tape in and out and yeah, i don't know it's just that sort of stuff is satisfying <laughs> even something like her her whoever's handwriting that was when she was writing notes i like that handwriting a lot <laughs> it was, it was very like, yeah. interesting i was like oh i can read that from from pretty far away too That's mm-hmm, yeah um but yeah she she rolls up she Funny. is uh pretends to be uh who she thinks is her sister but is the Alice Lee? Alice something. Yeah, Alice Lee sounds right. Alice Lee. And uh, she gets all done up. She gets her hair down and she puts on like this kind of white kind of nightgown and just starts mm-hmm. walking out into the woods at in at, at dark. Oh, I remember there's one of the... She gets covered in, in blood by the blood artist as well. Yeah. The, yeah, just kind of setting her for... Because, yeah, we know nothing about what they're shooting. Um yeah nothing about this production Mm -hmm. so it's just you know this uh uh costume artist or whatever uh is setting her up to look like her sister i don't i'm not quite sure if she knows like she's just like you don't look like anything like your picture or something okay so there is a little but, bit of doubt yeah, i couldn't I guess remember maybe she didn't work for the first one because she probably would have been like oh i worked with her yeah uh-huh. <laughs> she's just kind of like aloof about everything and just kind of smoking a cigarette and just kind of like ah, get in <laughs> are you kind of are you coming come on with me. it's gonna seem like a david lynch scene or something like that um, yeah right Yes. Because, yeah, I mean, you got this body festering and, you know, the producer's body and she's trying to keep cool because her objective is to get onto the set because then she's going to save her sister. And now I can't remember exactly does she. So she's impersonating her sister, so she doesn't think that. She well, thinks maybe, that maybe she's not impersonating her sister. Maybe she's just right, some yeah. other character in the movie. My mistake, yeah, because Alice Lee is already on set there, yeah, yeah. at that moment, and she <sighs> shows up later. Otherwise, the makeup artist is just completely checked out, and it's just like, eh, I get oh it. my I'll god, just, yeah, I'll just I'll dress you up. Um, but no, she it's it's she's her. no, yeah, she's playing the sister uh, in this scene, like in the scene, yeah, right, and, right. and Alice Lee is playing the other other sister. 
And then there's the wolf man that's been showing up in a lot of the dreams as well. Like this, it's kind of like man or like a monster man looking thing. Uh, <laughs> he's like just like a very goofy looking monster man. Uh, what casting there? I mean, man, you wow, got to see yeah, that I wanna, guy. I want to see. And you're like, well, like, you're definitely in this movie. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you got to, you, you're not taking any more auditions after you see that guy because he has this really low voice. Is uh, it kind of like Schiller? A, kind of has like a giant whatever or giant diseases because there's this sense of like he is like really big has the yeah i don't know <laughs> like yeah just he has, he has this voice that's very low uh and command a lot of hair almost too. like andre the giant sort of or like mm-hmm. uh, or yeah. sloth from like the no sorry that's no sloth is a different voice i'm just thinking that sort of big big in stature sort of thing not not yeah, that doesn't really matter. He sounds like and kind of looks like the giant in Big Fish. Oh, man, that's been a while since I've seen that. But yeah, which that guy suffered from. Um, I don't know what the giant disease is, but yeah, like just being like too big for mm-hmm. your body to work correctly. But he had that kind of a, kind of look to him where, yeah, it's just yeah. this really, really big guy with a deep voice, a lot of hair like so much beard hair uh yeah huge mane all of this stuff just yeah looked like a wolf guy and he is playing the villain in this we've seen him a little bit in these flashbacks because Mm -hmm. again we we're seeing alice through um you know uh, don't go in the church um and then i can't remember if we see her again because when uh our edith gets the film from the movie store uh, she might be in that as well. And then that the big guy might be in that too. I can't exactly remember, but so I'm just kind of setting that up because when she sees them and gets finally to the set, she has an idea of who these people are a little bit, but it's yeah. all through the lens of the movies she's seen. So this is where the movie so intelligently is able to be in this weird uh alternate universe almost of she thinks she's living in these movies and she the 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 bad guy in those movies is now the bad guy in her reality it like sets her up to completely like relive her trauma like Mm -hmm. and and in this in the exact kind of situation that is presented and it was almost like it never is said in the movie, but what the director is saying when she, cause she, when she first walks mm-hmm. out to there, she approaches the director who's just standing by like a singular light. Just, you don't really see his face. It's very shrouded. And he's walking in a circle, just, circle, just talking to her. Is he saying that like he, he doesn't come up with any of these situations. All these situations are real and they happen. And he just uh, talks about them. Or right. he, just, he just creates um, art about, about them. And the horror is in the world. The horror is in the people. It's not, it's not here. It's, it's in the people. And I, I just, um, I just present it, uh, or whatever, but, um, damn it. What was my point? I'm sorry. I'm being, I'm, that, I'm, I'm, but I'm, no, I'm, that's I'm, the, I'm, the I'm, that's the thesis of the movie. The director says it yeah. is that evil is it within people. It, these movies are just a representation of the evil that's within them already. So like you just cutting out the gore of these movies mm-hmm. isn't solving the problem because it is, it's coming like these are being produced by people who have these ideas of how these movies should be and yeah. all of that. Okay. And he is, yeah. he is just like, you know, he's kind of like pleading not guilty because of like, he it's people that are 
responsible for yeah. this. He's he's just this. I'm you know just shooting that's, that's where this movie. My theory of the movie. This is just like a, a fan theory. Is that he took a news clipping of what happened to these two girls mm, in okay. the woods, like back in the day or whatever, and he like made a movie about it and said like uh based on a true story because he because he read like a and i feel like there's certain scary movies that have been made that way too where they'll say like oh it's based on a true a true story and it's just like some news clipping of being a family getting murdered in a house and there's no explanation or something and we're just gonna make a whole movie about ghosts and say based on a true story with all these ghosts and everything and it just i was almost thinking that was just like oh well yeah i i heard about this thing that happened in the war but that's just a fan theory. I, I, but that I'm taking it way too literally at that point. The, this is more about the overall theme that, yeah, the affirmation of the theme and, mm -hmm. and, and everything that they've been presenting thus far. Mm -hmm. And I think there is that line that says horror, like horror is in the people or something like that. It is. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Which, yeah, kind of just snap. Everything's starting to snap into place at this, at this moment. And that really like satisfied me when that started to happen of like, yeah, mm -hmm. there, there are, I'll, I'll forgive a lot of, not I forgive, but just like, I, yeah, I will enjoy a lot more if it's an indie movie or whatever, if certain things don't wrap up and, and all that, that, that could be okay. It's just presenting something in, in an art form that, um, is, can be even like a feel piece or trying to get you to a, to a place emotionally. And, and it's going to take its time doing that. It might not be completely about the narrative, um, but the minute that, yeah, things start to snap into place with that and then he leads her into is the cabin and, and everything's kind of going full circle about, you know, even the cold, everything's been leading to this moment of like, oh, the chimes are there um, from her dreams and everything like that. And it's all coming together and she sees her sister and she sees the scary beast man in the cabin um, and she just goes, she hugs them. Oh, oh yeah, right. she hugs the there's that hugs the beast man. Yeah, I I yeah, I was trying to make heads or tails of it because in the beast man, as we're calling him, it, I don't know, I can't he, find a yeah, better name. I think he is playing the he, he's obviously playing a part, and in his mind, the oh, he's scene is beast supposed man. he's actually called beast man. Oh no, yeah, way. yeah. I'm looking at IMDb. They credit him as beast man. Wow. Nailed it. Um, but yeah, so like, I think he is playing the part and there's this embrace that they have. And I'm trying to still digest, like, what is she, what does she feel there? Because she gets embraced by him and essentially, essentially she, the, he, the beast guy's telling her like, it's okay. Like you're, you made it, you got here, which that makes sense to me is that there is a, like your, your, your home. Right. Yeah. But in, yeah, in his mind, this is just a scene that they're in, but my understanding, given what the director said is, is there isn't a script. It's really just all kind of like, uh, this is what we're trying to do. Then okay. just do it. Uh -huh. And, but so, so in his mind, Again, like I, I think the what we're supposed to believe about this movie is, is that there is this evil beast guy who is luring these women into his cabin, and then I don't, I guess he's killing them. You're I can't remember. About, uh, uh, don't go in to the church. Don't go in the church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like what I don't, you know, what because we don't really get a good sense of what the plot of those nah. movies are. 
Um, or even what happens but, so, with her and her sister. Right. Um, but so she, she comes into the cabin and then he immediately hugs her. Mm-hmm. And then there's this moment of, she's incredibly tense, but then it shows her hand just like really start to embrace him. Yeah. And I'm just so curious as to what is, what's the point in letting us see that is she finally accepting what that he's that it it's okay that he's, she's going to kill him. I just, uh, I I don't have a a correct answer, but yeah, yeah. there's, there's so much symbology going on here. That's, that might be even more multi-interpretational or Mm. not. I'm not smart enough either. Um, But I think something that would be, I feel like close to it is, yeah, that acceptance and closure of like, I've been waiting for this moment sort of thing. Like I've been waiting to be in this moment. I've been dreaming about this moment. I'm back in the, I'm back here and it's, and it's going to come together and, and you're my way, way through to a happier life, which is like her fantasy at the end. That's like her. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's her way of killing, killing him and, and getting her sister back is her way through in that moment while, while, why they hug. Yeah. Maybe that's my closest approximation of an interpretation of, of whatever whatever's going on there um because it is just kind of like oh she's going through a lot mentally because even in that moment where the director's kind of going in circles around the light uh you can tell she is this is the most emotional you've seen her the whole movie is in that moment yes with the, with the director for sure where you can tell she's really like getting into it and believing everything that he's saying and once you once you're in that cabin you're just very concerned um and yeah, you see Alice Lee there and the Beast Man. And uh, I mean, one thing leads to another and she grabs a fucking axe mm-hmm. and uh, takes him out. And Chests him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hatches, hatches it, yeah. Right in Axes the, him in the chest. Right in the chest. And Alice Lee is freaking out and you can tell it's it's a it's a different kind of freak out because you've seen all the silly acting that's done in all those movies and everything. This is like a guttural real scream that she's doing that like, Oh, something is wrong here on set. Someone that's not a prop ax. Why don't they have a prop ax? Why didn't they have a prop ax, Brandon? Yeah. Right. What's going on here? What is going on here? Yeah. Uh, but she, so she axes, axes him and then, <laughs> Uh, what happens next is like an through the wound, she sees a little face pop out of there and it speaks to her again saying like, I'm the real evil or, or something like that. And it's, it's, it's a further like ex- expression of, I think what the director was saying about how horror is in the people. And she is just yeah. full, fully hallucinating now um, mm. of, of what she's, of what she's seeing. And then she further, uh, continues to hatch at him in the chest and the movie, over and over again. Yeah. The movie is still doing these shots of all around and everything. Like it's still doing, doing it like a movie. It's not filmed like it would be in don't go in the church. Thank God. I think that would have been a little, little like yeah. taking you out of it. Um, but she knocks him back and then his head goes through a TV backwards. His, yeah, his head gets knocked through something backwards too. I don't know. That's just a, something that happens in this movie, but um, director rolls up what the what's going on here my beast man i oh man i 
I paid so much for the beast, man. He's he's he, he gets so much work as as various beastmen, and uh, and he's clearly upset. And then she just lops his head off almost immediately. I don't remember yep. if there's like a discussion between the two, but she's she's oh, just yeah. censoring the world of violence at this point. And um, uh, she, or she doesn't she doesn't even know it's a it's a set, but. Once you, I mean, at that point, she's just, she's just lost in her own world, but yeah, um, the Alice Lee runs away. She chases her, uh, and tries to convince her that she's her sister and that she needs to go back with her. And I, this was just such a, such a crucial scene of, of between these two of, yeah, just dark, like these red and blue lights, bluish Mm -hmm. lights kind of, um, all over the place. And Alice Lee's just freaking the fuck out and she's just uh has a is bloody with fake blood and real blood and she's got the axe and trying to convince her that she's a good person. <laughs> she just saw her murder two of her right. uh co-workers. friends. She yeah, friends, she yeah. even said that the beast guy, she's like, I he was my friend. I really loved him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just murdered him. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And, so. and in her mind, she's yeah, she's gonna be like, I freed you from these these people that were holding you hostage. Mm. And and she just says, I have a real sister and it's not you. And right. and she just walks away. And all of this, it's so it really is so heartbreaking. But at the same time, I'm so glad. I'm just so glad that the movie went in this direction. Um and not only that, but this next part of the movie, and we've we've kind of touched on, but it just goes through this fantasy of what she pictures ideally would happen and what mm-hmm. the shittier version of this movie would be if it wanted to have a happy ending. Now, obviously, if you were going to watch a horror movie, you're probably not going to want like a happy ending. But if this movie had a happy ending, this would be it where, oh, it is the sister. Oh, let me take her back to the to the parents. And uh, and they're going to be happy and that's great. And then, oh, and all the bad movies are gone forever and crime rate has dropped to zero. But this the way this is done is all the colors just shoot up. It's super saturated. It's really bright. And there's rainbows and, and everything's happy and her sister is smiling and and they get in the car and they and they drive. And yeah, the, we already mentioned the radio is, is saying there's no more crime anymore. But in between all that, it'll it, it'll do a little VHS kind of like skip and it'll show yeah. show like, her. Yeah, really, the murderer. almost like not black and white, but really dark gray. What really was going on and it, of like keeping like I, it's essentially what what's going on there right brand is she's like took her hostage and is taking her back to her parents <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and so she's just like taking this woman hostage in her car back to her parents and then because you've seen it's constantly spliced back and forth and then when the parents are all happy like oh you found our our daughter thank you so much and we love you again and and we we're sorry we meant said all those bad things whatever and it cuts back and they're like fucking horrified looking at her like what have you done? Um, yeah. And, oh, but how that starts is she looks down when the Alice Lee runs away initially and she's got that little editing, uh, device and mm-hmm. she like, it's all bloody and she like clicks it and then she's able to click into that fantasy and going that direction with this was just such a, f- such a great choice, especially chef's when, kiss. Yeah, you're right. Sure. And, I, and I will, and I will drop it some points for, for dragging a bit in the, in the middle and that that's okay. You know, it's can't be perfect, but, um, it brought me back a hundred percent near, near the end there. And I it, like that and what it had 
to say in, in those moments, I thought was, was done in a way that wasn't banging you over the head with it, but also visually um, was telling you exactly only what you needed to know and, and, and ended at the perfect moment before it got up its ass about anything. It, it, just, it just ripped the cord. And I thought that was, that was super effective. Um, this director, I don't know much of, she, I think she's uh, pretty new in terms of, yeah. I think this is her first feature film and I'm very excited to see. Played at Sundance in 2021, I believe this year. Yeah. This movie came out this year and no one saw it. I don't think. Um, no. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what else she'll do because this is just something that, yeah, as with like, she dies tomorrow. I, yeah, that was another one. I think she was a relatively new director with, with that too. Mm-hmm. And both of these movies were made within the past two years and it didn't seem like really anyone saw them because they were just, uh, it was quarantine and, and COVID and all this, all this stuff. And no one saw them in theaters and, it just kind of went, uh, came out. I didn't, I didn't know about either of these movies. I think even when they did come out or if I did, I would maybe watch the trailer and like, Oh, I'll throw it on my like huge list of movies that I should watch. And, um, yeah, if you don't have a podcast, I guess you don't get to get through that list as easily because <laughs> that, that list has been, I've been getting through and it's been kind of nice. And this is one where, uh, I think there will be even better things to come, um, with this, with absolutely this film, with this filmmaker. And, uh, this itself is great. And I, and I really, really had a great time, um, watching it. Uh, I'm going to, should we do, we do our wrap up. I always forget we do our wrap up and then we do, uh, reviews, uh, from, uh, Oh Chris yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I guess, honestly, I guess we do our reviews at the end after, uh, audience yeah. and critics. You. So yeah, there's just, really not many because yeah, again, like not many people saw them. So this will, I think this will be kind of brief. Um, yeah. So we'll start with uh, critics reviews from Rotten Tomatoes. If we hadn't already mentioned, I don't know if we did, this is an 89% critics, 56% audience. Um, yeah. Like critics really like this movie. That's, I mean, that's almost a 90%. Um, that's, yeah. that's, that's really great. Let's see what we got here. Um, from the Independent, Adam Hoyt, four out of five. Censors feels lovingly worked at, slathered in period detail and aesthetic beauty. Agreed. Preach. Mark Kermode, Observer, uh, five out of five. This thrilling, dizzying debut from Welsh writer director Prano Bailey Bond is a nostalgic treat for anyone old enough to remember the infamous video nasty scare of the early eighties. I, mm. that kind of I, that's just how they what they call them i guess but that just i got a chuckle out of that every time oh video nasties oh it's those video nasties and you see them on the newspaper like oh those video <laughs> nasties again are, are at it um david fear oh, his last name is fear and he reviews horror movies for the rolling stone oh my god perfect uh it's as much a movie about genre fandom as it is a genre movie especially that fine the phrase video nasties doubling as Proustian Madeline. Oh, I'm too dumb to understand what he's talking about. Um, but I do, I do get what he's driving at in the sense that it is a movie kind of about, about movies. And I think yeah. that's a lot of fun of like, especially if we mentioned at the beginning of this, we don't really know horror movies that well. And maybe there's some like inspirational things within some of these like smut movies that we don't understand, like old Italian horror movies or something with all the lighting I recently watched the original Suspiria for the first time and 
that one's got a, like a lot of interesting color, like bright colors in it too, like with all the Technicolor and all that stuff. And uh, that was, it was kind of reminding me of that, but that was stuff that like film language that, that I don't fully catch on maybe on everything. Um, but to jump into a, a very specific time and, and subject matter with a character who's also very specific as well, it was just like, huh, this is the same reason. Yeah. kind of like the witch or like Robert Eggers stuff where it's like, this is so specific and weird. I'm fascinated about just even if it was just about her workplace and, 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 and censoring movies. I don't know. Even that was just interesting to me. I was like, that's yeah, that sounds, for sure. That sounds cool. <laughs> it was just, like, yeah. it wasn't even a horror movie. It was just like a drama about a woman that worked in a, in a, like the censoring, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And, 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 uh, and it was just about her dealing with fucking sexism in the fucking workplace and like, and also, uh, yeah, all these video nasties. I that, I mean, even that would be, that would be entertaining. Cause they just, they, they nailed so many other things about the, yeah, the set and the costumes and the period piece stuff. Uh, I'll do maybe one or two more. Um, we got one from film week, KPCC. NPR Los Angeles. Angie Han, uh, it sometimes feels like the film is so enamored of its mood and style that it forgets to prod the story along, but the mood and style are indeed worthy of savoring. That was very well put. Well put. Yeah, I felt the exact same way about that. Because, I mean, we're about to get into our critiques, but yeah, that, like, I think that's going to probably come up for both of us is like Absolutely. what this movie, you know, where this movie falls short. But, I mean, to that review highlighted exactly why this movie is worth um worth seeing and yeah uh, yeah absolutely um i'll move on to some uh some audience reviews uh let's see here i think there was this one from ron tomatoes that was interesting uh i'll save that for later but i also pull from amazon um one star reviews to get why audience members do not like this movie candle nut one star this is a no for me. Con, the whole movie plot. Pros, good actresses and actors. About 25 minutes in, I could tell that my man, the whole movie plot is a con. About 20, <laughs> yeah. 25 minutes in, I could tell that my man will never let me pick another movie for our movie night ever again. Okay, exaggeration, but not for a while, for sure. If you're into semi-indie movies, should have known when we saw the keyword art under the movie description, then maybe this is for you. But for everyone else, do not spend $7 to early access on this. Maybe wait for this movie to be part of Prime Access so you can enjoy this movie in the dark and by yourself. Huh. I weirdly I almost, felt... I almost get that she's not so much mad at the movie, but mad at I was going to say the same... Yeah, I was going to say the exact same she's thing. Like, it I sounds like you need, watch you need to yeah, get a new boyfriend. Yeah. It sounds like he sucks and has terrible taste in movies. And it like, really yeah, I just enjoyment of it too. I, uh, it's great that you read that review because that is a really good snapshot of, I think the reaction that people have is from the audience score side of like, why, like they don't like the movie because the plot is so thin. Hmm. Um, and there, there isn't also, yeah, there, I'm just trying to think of like really successful horror movies that people rant and rave about that are really big horror like fanatics. Like Quiet Place or something. I mean, more like modern. Mm, right. Like, oh, it's yeah. Got enough like juicy sort. It's got of, a. Sort of it's stuff. got a gimmick too. There's. Yeah. I, there, the I, I feel like too. Yeah. Horror fans, just by and large, and I'm sorry, we we preface that we're not uh, experts in this genre. We're uh-huh. newcomers to it, but I'm starting to get the sense that 
I mean, horror movie fans have certain things that just need to be in there or they're bored of it or they are just not playing out, not going to like it Mm -hmm. based on typically what you would praise a movie for outside the horror genre. Like if this wasn't a horror movie, I think you would uh, give it plenty of accolades for, you know, a lot of the visual stuff and the lot and and you don't need it to have these scene is starting to become stereotypical facets of a horror movie it's allowed to not have those if it's just lumped in as a drama or a thriller but a horror movie fan seemingly has a hard time not liking a liking a movie if it doesn't have like i need to know it it should have a killer that killer has to have some type of gimmick to him (laughs) there also needs to be uh yeah like a not a, a not a plot device, but yeah, there has to be this, this thing, uh, this kind of like how time travel would be in something like whatever you would use to describe that, uh, like a, some sort of natural force or element or something. Right. There's like these rules or there's this to it. And if it doesn't have that, then you don't like it. And then also, yeah, I guess. And then like maybe a sequel to, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That never mind. That's not what people want out of this movie. It's like I wish I had a sequel, but there's something about that open-ended nature. But yeah, maybe like how many kills per minute? The same way you watch a comedy or something. Oh, I'm going to go Mm. go see comedy. Like I expect, I expect to laugh like this much. And I'm like, I walked out of that movie like I did not really laugh at that movie. Like, and it. But at the same time, it's like we we watched Last Exorcism last week, and I wasn't fucking scared in that movie. I mean, I, I, I. I wasn't super scared in this movie, but I, the, I that jump like, scare got me. Oh, for sure, dude. What is, <laughs> I wonder, I wrote it down with the mom. The mom just screams, it's all your fault. Right. And it's oh my God. Terrifying. Sh- shocked the hell out yeah, of me. It, freak, it freaked me out. And, it, but the, the thing that is the difference, I think, is that every intended effect had its intended effect for me, like what they were trying to do. <laughs> and maybe, sure. yeah, like seeing things. And they weren't trying to freak me the fuck out necessarily. <laughs> the last exorcism was like, ooh, look at how weird it is. Ooh, she's like contorting her body all strangely and like trying to like convince you how scary it is. Like so hard. Like, please look, look how scary we are. And this is like, no, we're going to breathe. We're going to, it's going <laughs> to take its time. And the true horror is people and it's within all of us and it's within our main character. And it's going to come out in this, in this way that is having this, it's it's all it's all in the tech it's it's all there it's all foreshadowed it's all built upon and it all even has like this ironic twist with and parallels with with the two almost her storyline and the the media that she's so concerned with and i was kind of worried about those two things kind of straying from each other like a little bit in the middle there too which is maybe i'll, I'll not like i think that does kind of straight straight at a certain point but it just brings, brings it back together yeah. like so strong because i'm like I am kind of more interested in the censor thing than her uh, sister and, and all this, but then it just like all like comes together, like as a yeah. one, it, like, and I only thought, I think I only thought that for like a, a I think I thought, I think I thought a booty uh, uh in the middle, a little bit of like, Oh um yeah. Where, where exactly is this going? How, how is this going to play out? And also like, if I don't trust this protagonist, like, what am I going to glob on to here? Cause I'm mm. kind of worried for my own safety here. Cause where is she taking me? Um, right. I'll do a couple more audience uh, reviews. Timothy council. Don't, don't waste your time and money. 
Oh my, OMG, I had high hopes and was deflated quickly by a very stupid ending. Um, so I guess that he did not like the ending. I wonder if he liked everything before that. <laughs> that would be, be interesting. Yeah, that would like, be interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's going to go there. He's going to, she's going to find her sister. What? That's not her sister. This is bullshit. The whole time they're talking about finding her sister and she doesn't even find her. Fuck this shit. Poor beast man. <laughs> I want to see yeah. Beastman get some kills. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah, you're just at a 10 of appreciation <laughs> and love. And then it goes to a zero just because of a, yeah, like very kind of specific thing didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. Yeah. So, man, God, what a roller coaster of a life that person must lead. Uh, all right, we got, I'll do two more. Out of control, top 1,000 reviewer. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? Top 1,000 reviewer. Ooh, maybe. Eh. Review, probably reviews a lot in order. Our yeah. best reviewers. The top reviewer rankings showcase our best contributors at the moment, while the Hall of Fame honors those who have been highly ranked in previous years. Oh, wow. This person is almost a Hall of Famer. It, uh, top 1,000 is right below Hall of Famer. So, all right. It's their name, Out of Control. One star. <laughs> Titled, Horrible. I managed to get to the end of this one, but I really regretted doing so. The end credits began to run, and I was sitting there wondering why. Did I miss something? No, it just ended leaving me with more questions and answers not worth your time. All right. I will do one more. This this one. So is- that person must be a top reviewer just because they write reviews like that, and then you can churn out like that. Per- it didn't even sound like that person even watched the movie. <laughs> like they, they, just, they, yeah. they, they just come in, and they're just like, yeah, I'm going to just shit on this movie just because. Like, oh I don't God. know. <laughs> you know, that reminds me. You know, and Brandon, in third grade, we did this thing where, like, the more book reports you did, like, you get, like, extra credit or something. And yep. so you, like, turn in book reports and you put, like, a little star on this, like, big chart. to be like, oh, look at how, how many books this person read. And I knew, I knew that there were so many kids in that class that were just reading the back of the book and writing book reports based on the back of the book. And they did not read the whole book. And I bet that's what Out of Control is doing here, too. He just read the back of yes. the back of the movie thing and just wrote a little review he's like i gotta keep my thousand review top 1000 reviewer status and i gotta get to hall of famer or uh i'm gonna lose it because i'm already out of control i mean and that's that's the system's fault you know come on yeah it sounds like what you described to me is in order for you to in order for you to be a top 1000 reviewer at the moment too you said that it can fluctuate where somebody who is like you can't just once you get the award you you're not always that if you say like stop reviewing they'll essentially take it away because you're not reviewing anymore so then yeah it just encourages people to just game the system and come in and go i'm gonna say something that vaguely sounds like i watched this movie but i really (laughs) didn't watch this movie at all (laughs) but i have the authority because by the way top 1000 yeah top 1000 um all right i'm gonna do one more from ron tomatoes uh Mike C half star terrible compared to American videos, not worth the $9 and a wasted date night. Honestly, leave it on the shelf by any other movie, boring and convoluted kind of a waste of time. So terrible compared to other American videos. Um, and $9. I feel like people were buying, like they had nothing to watch during quarantine. They're like, Oh, it's a new horror movie. Like, Oh, I'm starving for entertainment. And, and, and media and uh they just threw this on 
I'm telling you that tra- like I some of these I kind of understand because I really think that trailer kind of presents this movie as like, oh, it's so spooky. Oh, come come see the next spooktacular. Blah, blah, blah. And I just is not really that that thing because I I remember yeah like I I was I was with Kara and we watched the trailer and she's like, oh, that's too scary for me. And then yeah, well, I was I was not necessarily scared. It was more like a she dies tomorrow situation. Yeah, yeah. Just like more uh, atmospheric, surreal, spooky, spooky shit. Um, but I'm ready to move on to final thoughts if you are. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'll start. Uh, yeah. This is that okay? Should we flip a coin? Yeah, go. No, go for it. Um, I will say that, yeah, this, this movie, I was really excited to see. There's certain movies that like I'm, I'm not even sure what I'm getting into like last exorcism or something like that. This one I was very interested in um, the idea of, yeah, sensor board in general and looking at scary stuff almost. I don't know. It reminded me of, I don't remember a lot about it, but Videodrome a little bit too. And, and that sort of meta take on scary movies about people that are looking into uh, scary movies, which almost is kind of the purpose that we're serving here is trying to understand them from kind of an outsider's in sort of perspective. Um, so I think this movie kind of was in line for everything that we were trying to do here as well. Uh, if there are, yeah, maybe there are people that do like more your typical sort of slasher scary movies or movies with a lot of kills, a lot of more jumps per minute or something like that. This is not that, that is not necessarily my style either. So this was more in line with what I would want. Um, just in a movie, like I don't, I, yeah, I guess I yeah. don't really have like qualifiers for scary movies because it's not like I don't like those movies necessarily. It's just, yeah, this movie had elements of of a variety of different genres, if you will, I guess. Uh, but it is, yeah, it, it does have its slow moments. The great part is it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's relatively short. Um, it gets to the point. It doesn't expand out from the story too much. It keeps it very insular about her workplace she lost her sister she's implicated in some sort of way with with her parents who are are also just one of the other few few characters because she's such an outcast she doesn't you don't have to worry about other characters and her relationship to any of them because she doesn't really have any and that works and she performs the shit out of it by the way all the performances Mm -hmm. are, are are fantastic the visual imagery is amazing and it is that sort of thing whether it's the slow zooms or the lighting or the whatever sort of cinematography, um, it 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 draws you in and, and keeps you there. And I like that slow plotting nature. I I'm kind of just annoyed with how quick of edits everything has to fucking be now, and how fast everything is. Like maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old or some shit. But like the things are just so quick with with edits. I like that slow plotting nature and it helps me digest things a lot, a lot better. Um, especially if the, the cast is kind of smaller. Um, yeah, there were, and then there were surreal aspects as well, whether it's the dream sequences and, uh, interactions near the end with the director and, and the, and the fine final, uh, section, which really just nailed it home for me. Like I, there's another version of this movie I think would just drop, the score so much if they didn't do that ending correctly. And there was a moment where it really could have gone either way. Like when she leaves the producer's place 
after uh, he dies, it could go any sort of direction and it could go into like, oh, she gets arrested or something. I don't know. And it could be another half hour, hour longer or something like that. But no, yeah, this was more kind of an indie movie experience and it had an artistic message to it and, and a meaningful one that I feel like I coincide with uh, what it is trying to say. And it made it very satisfying at the end because I was like unsure leading up to that. I'd like what exactly, not that it needs to say anything. The movie doesn't necessarily need to, you know, if it has like, Co- if it's cohesive and it's consistent in nature and in terms of what it's uh, trying to do in terms of being entertaining, um, you know, that that's enough. But this one happens to have this, this very uh, great payoff at the end to me where it, it pays off um, this, this main character in a way that you you still feel awful for her after these yeah. heinous, terrible things that she's done. Um, it's coming from a place, yeah, of of trauma, and uh, it coincides with the horrific things that are with within all of us. And it's up to you how you want to act upon those things. And this person takes them and is letting them fester and foster her delusions to uh continue um whatever sort of uh fantasies that she wants that aren't attainable uh she'll use these other things to be the scapegoat to get to those things the same way that whatever the you know governments and and things like that will use violent movies as their scape as their scapegoat to to make themselves feel better as well um but this is done in such a tragic way in a way that I would never think of doing. I would never, I just, I, and I don't know any movies really like this necessarily in terms of like the content, the closest one, I guess I could think. And I don't remember a lot of it is like Videodrome. I maybe, um, but from top to bottom, like I'm excited to see where all of these components are going. The, the director and, and um, I wish I could pronounce the, the lead actor's name um, better, but Neom Algar is just fantastic. Just, just, just amazing. And I, I'm excited if, if there's going to be more raised by wolves as well, she's amazing in that show. Um, this one was super enjoyable or uh, super enjoyable. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's still, uh, an upset. There's still plenty of upsets that that happen. And it's a horror movie. Yeah. And I felt drained kind of after, you know, I was like, wow, totally. That's, that was a lot to take in. And it did have its, its middle portion, which was, uh, you know, I, yeah. So, so I think I've, I've pumped Hmm. this movie up a lot. So if I can, yeah, maybe throw, throw, throw some criticisms. Um, yeah, I thought it did drag a bit. I thought the cold open was, oddly paced and as well as the montage um you know that could be done in in certain other ways i did really like the font the red font uh that they had for for all the opening credits but i don't think i'm not sure i'm not sure what that i guess the cold open served its own own thing and of showing like the the cabin scene and all that stuff but it just walking getting into that office scene after that was just kind of like a. uh let the air out of the bag a, a little bit. I almost would have preferred something a little more quicker to get us into 
that montage and into the movie. Um, and then, yeah, she, you know, she, she goes to lunch with her parents and I think there's a portion where it's still just trying to build up her character a bit. And you're trying to figure out, I was saying, I was saying earlier, like where the movie's getting its footing, um, about who she is and she's, you know, she's on the subway, she's walking through the tunnels and it's just kind of very atmospheric and it's not really like going anywhere until she finds her sister in the movie. And then that's where it kind of picks up again a little bit. But even then there's some of her going and like doing all the, all the file work and, and all that stuff. And it's just, there's just some slow moments. Like it, there's no other, no other way to put it. Um, and there's stuff that's rife for, uh, for really getting into like the parallels between her life and, um, violent movies and censoring and everything like that, which, you know, it totally could have fleshed out a bit more with just, just a little, a little bit more, I think to, to get into it a, a bit, if I'm going to, uh, knock them, knock them at all. Uh, and yeah, it's like some of, some of the, some of the filming techniques could be interpreted as maybe overused or some of the lighting and everything. But even when I'm talking about it now, I'm probably, I feel like I'm reaching for straws. I think mainly it's, it's just the pacing I think can be a little hiccupy in the middle there. And, uh, the, the focus and direction, um, takes a little bit to, to get there in terms of like what she has to do once she sees her sister in that movie. I think that comes pretty late in this hour and a half or it's like, I feel like it's maybe a half hour in or something. And then it's just, it's, there's just some dragging moments and I'm dragging even talking about it. So I'm going to wrap up, um, what I'm saying, uh, this movie, huh? I always have like my range of, of what I'm thinking that I like fluctuate back and forth. And it's one of those things where you start at one place and then you end later. This one I started, I'm, I'm ending higher than when I started is one of those Me things. Too. Yeah, it was, mm, it was at a certain place and now I'm ending, I'm ending a bit higher than, than where I started after, after talking about it, which, um, helps me out. Um, I'll do 83%. Oh yeah. It was a solid, solid movie that uh, solid score. Yeah. That definitely a recommend uh, category. Wanna, yeah. yeah. I would recommend it to people. I, I commend it. I would, I would like, it's been fun talking about it and the themes about mm-hmm. uh, um, even, yeah, just, just art and, and how we should take it is, is cool to watch a movie that's about it, but not really, you know? And then, yeah, it's, I, I still think it's just super satirical at the, at the end there about like, yeah, if you get rid of violent movies, everything's going to be fucking better. Like it's like, and it's just laugh. It's just laughing at that. And I, I just love that. I love how, it's at the same time very, so tragic, but also kind of being satire, biting satire at the same time. Oh yeah. Um. So for me, this movie has visually so many different types of horror movies, thriller movies, uh, visually represented in this movie, and therefore this movie gives you so much for at the same time providing so little and the critiques that I would make to this movie is, is that the plot is relatively thin. Uh, conversations are really sparse. Like the, the conversation of, uh, 
Enid and the producer in his place could have been longer. There could have been, if you wanted to talk more about the industry, if you wanted to talk more about what movies impact is at large, um, there was an opportunity there for that to happen. There's also too with the director as well. Like I do genuinely like what happened with the director. There could have been, um, there could have been more to it. And maybe we heard more about it, or maybe the director might've um, like, his voice might have shown up in other people, maybe um, throughout, you know, leading up to it. Because I did like the reveal of him being cloaked and, you know, uh, you finally seeing him towards the end. Because there is definitely like, and maybe the movie, another critique would be is the movie doesn't give you a good sense of what the director's about in the movies that she watches leading up to it. They only serve the purpose of the plot of right. moving the plot along of, the, this girl, the sister is in these movies and there isn't so much a sense of like, where does Frederick like fit into the whole genre as a whole is, does he contribute to it? You know, or, or just uh, getting more of a sense to that. Cause that also to further critique is, is that, yeah, you just, there isn't really much going on in the way of explaining to you, like from a societal standpoint, what are, you know, what is the implications or what is the, yeah, I get, it's hard to fully flesh out my feeling of it. It's know, just I, like I what you're saying like is more, like you want, meat you want more, yeah, you want more of like what it, you know, what is this censoring process going through at large? Because that is such an interesting uh, concept and I do want to know more about it, but okay. But then that's where I would then shift back into all of these things are provoked by what is on screen and what is given to me and i don't mind thinking about how what are the larger societal implications especially coming from okay so the thesis of the movie is is that everybody has this evil within them and really starting to go into these thought experiments about what that means and how you know how the government tries to remedy that and how that doesn't work out well because obviously censoring movies has led to this person being in a position where they're doing this job that they shouldn't be doing either just in the first place just kind of like because we shouldn't be censoring movies let's be like it's just like with rap music is people who don't even listen or watch right. these movies are the ones that are like no you can't be doing that that doesn't make any sense to me like if if, if people genuinely wanted it then like i uh, kind of provide it to them safely right like why not take that kind of role and responsibility is is that if if people are obviously seeking this stuff out why not just kind of legitimize the avenue a little bit so you get less of the like shady shit and the potential of like it because it's implying too that this is a somewhat of a viable thing to happen in this horror you know subsection where people are kind of in a cult they people do go missing into these productions this is just since we're so on the outskirts everybody that's involved in this is a the producer being uh, like able to be just a huge, uh, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> terrible person. <laughs> like, because that's obviously the type of people that this would attract. Um, and all of that stuff is great. Like, I actually enjoy thinking about it. And there was enough on screen to give me, uh, give me ammunition to think about these things. And then, 
I know I've already said this, but this movie also gives you so much in the way of homages to other types of movies, be it yeah. visually or just kind of this the scenes that are in this. Totally. Because, yeah, you, you get like you get your grainy uh, little girls in a wooden cabin <laughs> thing. You get being in a dark forest where there's, you know, yeah, like I don't, there's potentially a killer or there's the director is loose in that environment. He's really scary. Um, yeah. Of just a whole, whole bunch of stuff that is paying homage visually so well in this movie that it, even though yes, or something too, I don't know with all the static and, and how you go in like the static and then it would, they did a lot of zoom into the statics into another scene. Just now I'm thinking about it. I forgot to mention that was so cool. I, I really like that visual effect. Totally. And I, and that's where I w- will take the stance of this movie doesn't need to have all of these plot elements. I think people want if the visual narrative like the visual storytelling is yeah. fucking worth it totally. uh, again to anybody you know to kind of bring up dune again that movie has got a bunch of futuristic gobbledygook for a plot but i think at a fundamental level a lot of people will come out of that going like man it looked really good and i was enjoying looking at it you get the broad what people want and need out of whatever situation yeah for sure um and i just yeah i i will just hold in such high regard uh interesting filmmaking because i get so glossed over and bored i get more bored with like we watched last exorcism where it was the same shtick the entire time visually which just immediately made me like tuned out and turned off by it because there there isn't any sense of you know yeah mood or um yeah there's no fun or interesting there's nothing interesting really happening on screen yeah you know i I guess you would say that it has way more last exorcism has a lot more plotting to it because there's other characters that have their own things going on or like they gotta come in stuff i don't know yeah but that was, that was scary. the one that like the critics like that one more. That's, that's strange. But. It, it is so so bizarre because, yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't get that. But I mean, I also don't I will leave this, too, is I don't really understand this. Even though I have a better sense of what horror movies I like, I have less of a sense of what horror fans like because i just it's so it's been so uneven where it's like oh we'll we'll you know we'll highly regard a movie that is stereotypical Mm -hmm. but then we'll shit on something that's unique and genuine but both like i don't and the what I mean by I don't understand horror movie fans is like that's kind of how I feel about the genre as a whole mm-hmm. is that it it should do the interesting stuff the camera the visual the you know maybe it, it doesn't need to have a, a be plot heavy it's like I mean if you just have somebody who's in danger of getting killed and period yeah. end of that sentence like that's there's, all there's you need like, there's people that would rather watch don't go in the church then watch censor you know like that they would rather have mm. the pulpy campy mm-hmm. uh, really over the top off the wall sort of sort of shit than something that's like 
oh, this is dramatic about this woman's trauma. It's like, no, nah, I just want to like eat popcorn and, and watch someone run. People around. get murdered. I and guess, yeah, I, I'm yeah. And so this movie's great. I enjoyed it. I would recommend it, but I have a feeling kind of like what we got from the, uh, some of the reviewers is if you were to recommend this to somebody who's like, Oh yeah, you like horror movies and you recommend this to them. I feel like they would come back and be like, that movie's boring sucks. Or I didn't like it. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't tell someone this is a scary movie necessarily, but not, I'm not even saying that like, I wouldn't even describe it as scary, but it just, if somebody were like, Oh, you know, we're in Halloween time, we're in spooktober, like the, and people definitely get all jazzed about uh, horror movies. And that's a really has a passionate and ever growing fan base. It seems like of people who like horror movies and, but I would just get a weird sense that if I were to recommend this, a majority of those, people would be like no this movie sucks i don't know like i don't, I don't like it and um uh, yeah it just is weird to me um but i love this movie i think this movie is worth it um and i'm gonna give this movie a 89 percent. fuck yeah I, I think the reason that it's not in the 90s and it's just at <laughs> the door is that and it's not even necessarily like the movie doing a bad job it's just i think the writing could have been i don't want i'm i'm trepidatious to say robust but i i do think that if the writing was stronger i think we would have gotten maybe longer scenes of conversation that would have been really electrifying or really tense or really just something more to it mm-hmm. um but yeah. there's a lot of, there's so much potential and the, yeah i think mm-hmm. there's so much credit to be given even even presenting this premise of a movie and in in the sure. package that you've given it and yeah if you just a little bit more meat on the bones and it just it to me it just reeks of somebody's first feature film of like someone who's just like wow that was that's really fucking good that's your first that's the first oh my god if this was like yeah. the 10th, would it, it'd be great. But still, it's like that that kind of stuff, I don't know. Just to me, it, it'll, it will come. It will come. And and <laughs> we, we we covered this one. And we covered She Dies Tomorrow, which is a very new filmmaker. We covered uh, The Witch, which I you that whole point that you were mentioning, that is the one that baffles me why people, that is even a polarizing movie, blows my mind. And I yeah, think it really too. just ha- has a lot to do with the old English accent and everything. But Robert Eggers, sure. who's a new filmmaker as well. And these there's this new phase of horror movies. And again, we I'm newcomer as well, so I don't know the whole history of it all, but it seems like there's this new phase that is drawing people like us in. And you you're getting a lot more horror fans, I think, because of these people that are willing to mix genres a little bit. And I think I mentioned Hell the, yeah. oh man, what's his name? Gar Garland? Something Gar- I forget. The guy who did uh Annihilation and Ex Machina. Mm. Uh, and there's this show called Devs on FX. That's uh, this show, this uh, podcast sponsored by <laughs> Um But his version is kind of similar to that too, where it's just like this horror of the possibilities of the future and, and things like that of, of, and that, and, and how scary things can be of, of the, of the unknown and, and all that. And I, what these movies thrive in too is that unknown. They don't need to fucking show you everything. It's just that idea of what's possible. And the idea of like, you can not only block out memories in your brain, but you can 
yeah, imagine a, a situation where, or, or fantasize about a situation where everything's okay. And that could be done in a really hackneyed, stupid fucking way. But it, it's this movie took its time and w- earned its way to those moments. And there's plenty of situations yeah. in, in scary movies, horror movies, where they just don't earn it. You know, they just like, oh, we have the checklist Here's of violence that yeah. we want to give people. Let's give people this checklist of things and uh try to string together the plot line in between the kills and 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 call it a day and and we don't even have to end it because then we can just make a second one and and i don't yeah i don't want to be too cynical about that but it's just that yeah i don't know the movies that she's censoring in this movie are probably more so kind of like that you know last oh people love don't go into the church we're gonna make don't go in the church too (laughs) you know right no that's (laughs) and that's that's just how 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 it works and there's fun in the, in the camp and, and all that too. And I've been wisening up a bit to it, but it's never going to be one of those things that is super casual for me to throw on some blood and guts, gnarly, uh, yeah. violent thing. And I think there's just, Same there's here. people that do that just like, Oh, I'm going to unwind with this, you know, terrifying movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you guys are dead inside. That's the only way you can fucking get any life in you is watching these scary movies. What's wrong with you? I'm I'm joining her. I'm gonna start censoring shit. This is wrong. You guys are desensitized. You're desensitized. Yeah. That's why you don't. You're not able to enjoy censor because you're just fucking watching all your all your Freddies and your Jasons. I don't know. What do you watch these days? American Horror Story. No. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I, I, no, for real. I mean, that is, I, think, I mean, that is Freddie, Freddie and Jason, those are great in their own right. Like, That's yeah, but I would, I would say that like, yeah, more of a contemporary horror fan is probably watching. Yeah. American horror story for sure. And then there's probably some Shutter. stuff on Netflix. Everything on Shudder. They, oh, okay. they got a whole streaming service for it. And that's why I feel like the, God, if you I'm, like horror, you'll sign up to Shudder. I, I think that's what, it, yeah, I think it's called Shudder. And I think there's like exclusive stuff on there. So it's like, yeah, you can just make things for the streaming service that'll mark all the boxes and then you can just mm-hmm. turn it on and that's what's you know you can casually watch and yeah i can see people that love makeup and costuming and all that stuff and, and the effects that goes along with it um but yeah it drains me man like I, even this movie today i really enjoyed it does drain me though like uh but also hotel transylvania drains me too so what what else what, <laughs> yeah. what, what, what can you what can you say i think we're just getting older james so i think that's what <laughs> <laughs> yeah kids you're desensitized i'm just tired <laughs> well uh this has come th- we've come to the part of the show uh where we try to decide where we're going to take this uh little ship called polarized where we're going to steer the direction next well, folks, we're back. Uh, we're back. We have in front of us, we are looking at Diary of a Mad Black Woman, uh, 16% critics, 87% audience. I think it's a clear choice here what we got to do. These two white men are going to be talking about Diary of a Mad Black Woman. <laughs> uh, Tyler Perry first for both of us. Um, we were we will be stepping into it through our whole month of Tyler Perry. Okay, I'm joking. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to sign us up for that, but just yet, but we'll see how this goes. This will, this will be our, our first one. Is this, uh, let's, let's read the synopsis on this. After 18 years of marriage to lawyer, Charles, Helen is shocked when he announces he's ending their marriage and shacking up with Brenda. Wow. This is already starting like a soap opera. Helen retreats to the house of her grandmother, Medea. 
who helps her destroy much of Charles' property, earning her house arrest. While, ooh, while Charles prepares for the trial of a corrupt client, Helen is courted by Orlando, an affectionate moving man with strong Christian values. Did I just read a movie synopsis, or did I... Did I did I just read uh like a description of the people in the movie but not actually what's happening? <laughs> it just seemed all like like all these things are are stewing, but I'm not sure what the <laughs> what the thrust of the story is, but I think it's just uh it's a moral play, right? They're you're gonna Yeah, strong Christian gonna, values is even included in li- like a big like uh yeah, moral story to it, to it all, like more, like a comeuppance to whatever happens. Um, all right, well, we're taking the journey. Take we're the doing journey. it. We're gonna do it. Um, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, two thousand five, and uh, we will be doing it next week. Brandon, you are going to Outside Lands this weekend. I, uh, yes, sir. I'm excited for you. Who are you most excited to see? <laughs> Great question. Um, I would say that Kurungbin is probably number one. That's followed by... I want to say the Strokes. Yeah. Good choice. But... The Golden Gate Bridge. You're just going to go stand there and look at it? (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) You're just going to take a little break, you know, from the concert. That's your, like your third most favorite thing to see. Oh, <laughs> just the city. It's like yeah, the, yeah. 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 You're just going to be like, wow, I'm excited to see the strokes. And also I'm going to stare at that bridge. I'm going to gaze. Yeah. Take it in. <laughs> just but, uh, drink it. <laughs> uh, that city in. Um, yeah, dude, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for you. I, I wish you safe travels. Thank and, you, sir. Um, thank you. Thank you. We thank you so much for stopping by and listening to us go on Absolutely. about, about censor this, uh, this movie that, yeah, I don't know if you haven't seen, you've gone go made it. this far, listen to it, go see it. Yep. If you have, seen it, I'm glad you did. And you're listening to us right now. Um, these are the movies that we are very interested in talking about cause we haven't seen them and they're very, um, enriching. I don't know. They enrich me this yep. and, uh, and, uh, Medea has made a cultural impact that I'm also interested in checking out because I've never checked it out before. So yeah, I'm gonna get same here. That's a huge disparity. 87% audience, 16%. Why do cr- critics fucking hate it? Audiences love it. That's that's fun. That's going to be interesting to talk about because yeah, we come from from a uh, yeah, I don't know, two two white guys. So we'll see we'll see <laughs> right. what, what our perspective is and. uh I'm I'm excited. <laughs> no one asked for this. Yeah, that's yeah, no, one, no one asked, no one for, asked for our opinion. That's for sure. <laughs> no, and we know that our yeah, opinion means nothing. It's, <laughs> we just we're yeah, I don't know. This is I'm uh, people know this character, people uh, apparently love this movie and yeah. um I mean obviously they love it. They've made uh Medea's, you know, a lot of Medea movies and Tyler Perry has made a lot of movies. So there's I'm sure we're going to, you know, we're going to get to see some of the stuff that people love about it. But yeah, I'm curious what, yeah. How, what the critics hate about this and what if and we what I like and love huge it. Huge Tyler you know? Perry guys, man. I'm just, ready for we it. Just, this podcast becomes a Tyler Perry podcast. Oh man. That'd be great. It's possible. It's possible. All right. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, 
we stream on Twitch, uh, typically Thursday nights, Polarize Pod, um, polarizethepod at gmail.com if you want to send us a line, uh, review, request, um, inquiry, any anything that you got, uh, any movie ideas where, you know, you, you see us going through our list of movies, we're always looking to add more. Um, so tweet out, tweet out at us movies or, or, uh, or anything like that. Polarize pod at, at, uh, Twitter as well. Um, I am James Lindsay. It has been a pleasure. You have been with Brandini, the one and only, yep, the one um, and only. I will send you off into, <laughs> into the world of movies and, uh, make sure you go watch diary of a mad black woman this, uh, this week. <laughs> And we'll see you next week. <laughs> Hell yes. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.